and welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky Boys. Boys. Here we are, book 21, The Threat. Woo! Yeah, are we excited? This is the second book in, in the trilogy. So if you weren't here for the episode where we did the first book, then you need to leave and go listen to that episode. Because I'm not going to put 20. a lot of work. Yeah, that was book 20. I'm not going to put a lot of work into uh, catching people up here, I don't think. Yeah, no, this isn't like a, a Chronicles book here. We're not going to do a recap for you. Yeah. There's honestly even less excuse to do a recap in a Chronicles. And guess what? What? Oh, this book came out in August 1998, and it's August 2023 right now. Ooh, same Which means it's books. the 25th anniversary of this book. Damn. So How about this... that? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. August, huh? What, <laughs> yep. what day in August do we know? That's what all our listeners are saying, too. That's interesting. No, Seropedia does not say the date. I don't know if there was a, like, did, did mm. the Animorphs always come out the first week, the first Wednesday or something? I, I don't know remember. about book releases. Yeah, I cannot remember. Well, this is interesting to me because this would have been the first book that I waited on, right? Like, uh, mm. you know, after I was like, okay, I bought the current book. I need, I, I need to buy the, the next book when it comes out. It would have been this book. And little little uh, tidbit for our listeners, I'm an August birthday boy. So I'm wondering, I, I don't know, do, do I think maybe I had a, a little Animorphs birthday? I don't remember Whoa. having one. <laughs> well, that's a whole episode is us planning our Animorphs book day, bir, 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 birthdays. <laughs> Right, That's all, folks. <laughs> so I was distracted because I was trying to look up what day books come out, and it turns out it's Tuesday. <laughs> okay, that's helpful. Well, I wanted to know because, you know, like video games usually come out on a Friday, and uh, like movies always come out on Friday. Well, video games have kind of shifted over the years, actually. I think some of them come out on different days. But, it, like, Nintendo games always come out on Fridays. I know that much. Hmm. I think they usually come out on Fridays now. Anyway, I don't know. I just wondered if there was a book day, and I'm an illiterate goob. So, sure. so, I, did, so I didn't know. Now I know. Now we all learned something. We all learned something. I've never, other than a Harry Potter book, sorry, sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, like anticipated a book release to be honest with you other and like i mean i guess now you know i'm anticipating the, the winds of winter but but like <laughs> i've always just heard about a book after the fact i don't i can't ever remember being like oh that book's coming out on this day i don't know is that weird uh, yeah i mean i can't this shows how fucking illiterate and plebeian we <laughs> both are here because for me like it was animorphs i was always anticipating the next animorphs book when i was a kid uh, you know but uh <laughs> since yeah. that i have no clue yeah we're losers we suck but you know who's not a loser who that were we done i i like it's nice we know this is the book you anticipated was there anything else you wanted to say about that to wrap it up i don't want to cut you off 
Nah, not really. All right, good. But I because I just did want to cut you off because we we are gonna have to really try our best not to go too long today. Oh boy, <laughs> because we do have. I know it's it doesn't happen every episode, so it's special. A little bit of sharing to do. <laughs> sharing. Now you you actually mentioned this to me a week ago because at least one of these came in while we were recording uh, last week, and yes. I wanted to just say uh, write your email like an hour earlier, like just just an hour <laughs> earlier, and and it could have been could have been taken care of already. And that episode could have been two hours and 45 minutes instead of two hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You could have made that happen like you will this week. <laughs> well, anyway, it's time. Uh, for yeah. the record, we, we record on Sundays. Mm. Usually, although that may change. Uh, that may be shooken up soon. But we'll, we aren't we'll talking about that today. Behind the curtain. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a later episode. Let's let, let's 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 share. Okay, hit that jingle. The sharing. <laughs> Good jingle. All right, we have two emails today from listeners. Two people, two. That's right, two. By the way, I don't respond to these emails. I just assume they'll hear our response on the air, but is it kind of awkward or rude if that I don't actually write back and say, hey, thanks for writing? <laughs> I don't think so. If you, felt, if you feel it's rude, uh, then write again and let me know, and I will read that on the air. <laughs> Spam Viking uh, returns. Our friend Spam Viking, who you friend may recall, gave us positive feedback. No, friend, of the, friend of the show is when it's like someone who's been on the show. That's that's the podcast term. It's lingo. still a friend of the show. Okay, fine. they love us. Fine, <laughs> friends now. I feel like we need a don't we need a word for it? You know, like our yerk heads out there. Mm. All the all the yerk heads. I'll work on that. Okay. Okay, you work on that. Spam Viking. <laughs> I feel like we got to try to make it more specific to our show because there's 800 Animorphs podcasts. <laughs> so maybe we just call them bad people. <laughs> we really okay. need to get to this letter. Spam Viking says, let me begin by saying I think you're still. Well, listen, let me warn you because our fans like us are a bit long winded. <laughs> <laughs> Spam Viking says, let me begin by saying, I think you're still doing an admirable job with the podcast. Keep up the good work, etc. Feels like a feels like a step down. Feels like he's holding back some praise there. I don't know. Uh, I can't. So he wants to talk about book 19, which you'll recall is the departure. Yes, which we loved. We did. And we weren't sure if other people loved it. Spam Viking says, can't really comment on the popularity of the book in the wider fandom because I am fundamentally a weird loner who shuns human contact. I wouldn't know what that's like. I but I like book 19 a lot. You guys did a nice job getting into the conversation between Cassie and Aftran. I have to agree that Cassie would have been in serious trouble if, say, Jake or slash Tom's Yerk from book six showed up instead. Temrash, what's his name? 114. Well, God, I thought I was going to stump you on that. God damn. <laughs> damn. You don't even know. I could have just made that up. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> or really any other Yurk we've met in the series for that matter. I do agree it's possible and maybe even likely that Cassie's power of super empathy allowed her to have some kind of special insight that let her give Aftran the benefit of the doubt based on her affection for her brother that set this whole adventure in motion. We've seen two instances of Yurk friendship causing controllers to behave contrary to orders 
kind of at odds with the buggy nature of their reproduction. I don't think it's ever mentioned how many infant Yurks are created out of the three parents, but I'd like to think it's 13. Sure. It's pretty clear that Yurks pick up a lot from their hosts. Aftran's kind of dumb, or at least impulsive, but at the same time more sensible than any Yurk we've seen so far. She goes after the Andalite bandit that killed her brother with a half-baked revenge scheme, armed with a gun she can barely use. Trying for this action thriller movie plot in Karen's six-ish-year-old body is a fun image. Karen, uh, and he says, Karen can't be older than that if she didn't know how caterpillars and butterflies work, right? That's a, that's a strong argument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> agree. I think you, you learn about that pretty young. Yeah, that's like the, the, everyone in elementary school, right? You you had some kind of, you must have done this in your class, right? Where you like get caterpillars or something. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if it hadn't been for Joe Exotic's lost puma or whatever, the war would be over using the advanced technology of following the terrorists home. <laughs> Sorry to ramble on. Keep up the good work. Really looking forward to the next arc. Congratulations on your continued success. Hell yeah. We're successful. They should have their own podcast. <laughs> These are good thoughts. Uh, there's a postscript. Oh, yeah. P.S. Feel free to use as much or as little of the above as you like. Guess what? I used it all, bitch. Hell I don't know yeah. when you guys actually record new apps. Now you do. <laughs> so it could all be out of date by now. I don't mind in the slightest. Also, I cut out most of my cringy fan theories on Yerk Biology. You're welcome. Well, I hope we get those in a separate email. You know, I did consider saving this email for our uh, season two recap, but, but then I was like, no, 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 no. If someone sends an email, we're going to read it when it comes. I don't care what the content is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Anyway, any larger thoughts uh, on this email? We're not the only ones who are fans of Book 19. But... Yeah, that's that's great to know. Because, like, to be honest, I don't have a great picture of what the wider fan community uh, looks like. I'm kind of piecing things together. Um, and, and I felt like I had seen, like, mixed reviews. Like, some people didn't and some people loved it. But I, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe this is just a universally beloved book. Yeah. Could be. Hard to say. I would be happy to know that because I think it's really good. Same. Same yeah. here. And, and, and Spam Viking, I do uh, like all of your thoughts on it. I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that was good. I'm glad that we have that on the air. I'm glad that we can uh, pass off that content as ours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. That's how, how it works. works. That's ours now. some thinking. You made this? I made this. All right, next up, we have an email that I think is longer than that. And oh, yeah. <laughs> this one comes from Nick, no last name. And uh, Nick points out, listen, I understand that Google is going to dry snitch and show my full name. Just pretend not to see it. I'm too lazy to go around creating fake email addresses to write to podcasts. Nick, I'm honoring your request. We, and yeah. that goes for anyone out there. We'll call you whatever you want to be called. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, it's important. We don't want the Yerks to find you. Nick says, that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. Nick says, hi, Yerky boys. That's us. Recently, I start, isn't it funny when you just make some shit up and all of, now someone's calling you that like it's real? <laughs> it's not a real thing. We, we, we just said that. You bought it? <laughs> all right. Recently, I started to reread Animorphs. I was a big fan as a child and decided to read the series as an adult for the first time. When I was a kid, somehow I was the only person who read Animorphs, so I never got a chance to talk to anyone about the books. I didn't want to feel like a weirdo reading these children's books by myself. I looked for podcasts about the books and happened upon this one. 
Wow. I am glad there are other adult weirdos out there so I don't feel alone. The Erky Boys podcast has been fun to listen to. The recurring bit where you discuss the book cover for 30 minutes is exceptionally good. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to pause there. I like I, I think it's very generous that he refers to that as a bit. <laughs> as if it's a conscious bit of comedy on our parts. Yeah, we're not doing that by mistake. That's uh we we intentionally thought that that would be funny. We're <laughs> We aren't just terrible at pacing ourselves. <laughs> All right, now let's get into the good stuff here. Yeah. One thing that occurred to me while reading Megamorphs 2 and listening to your discussion on Megamorphs, when you wonder why these kids keep getting caught in Sario rips, and I have a theory. Hmm. It's not Elemist shit. It's Z-Space. My theory is that when an explosion of significant proportions happens in the vicinity of Z-Space event, this creates a Sario rip. It explains why they all went to the land of dinosaurs when the normal humans in the sub didn't. It also explains how they got back to their own time when the comet hits at the end of the book. In both cases, they're all morphed. In Jake's book with the Sario Rip, they're not all morphed, and this is admittedly where the theory breaks down. My only conclusion is that maybe because the blade ship is Z-Space capable, that they go back in time. It also could be that K.A. Applegate did explain this at some point, and I'm a fucking idiot, Nick. Please don't use that kind of language on our show. It's for kids. I haven't read the series since I was between 9 and 13, and I'm coming back to the series as fresh as possible. I haven't gone searching for her comments on the books, and I won't do so until I'm finished. I want my vague memories of the nonsense coming to remain vague until I have that aha moment as things get revealed to me. Let's pause here before we get into volume two of this email. How do you feel about that theory? Does that hold water for you? I like that theory. Um, do you remember, because uh, one of the things that made Jake Sario Rip special was that, um, as far as I remember, he was the only one who was real, including all of the Yerks. So if he was morphed, that then that then that would, would hold completely uh, for that. But I don't actually remember if he was morphed when he went back or not. Probably not, because didn't they all demorph to use the controls in the ship? Yeah, but they were, oh, but they were in a ship. Yeah, they were in their ship. Yeah, okay, sure. I I like the idea. I think you should bring that to Axe because, like, he he doesn't really know since he wasn't paying attention, but he could, you know, maybe if you give him a theory, he could reverse engineer some Z-spaced N-dimensional calculus shit and figure it out. Oh, hold on a sec. (laughs) Let me get him. Oh, hello, low, low, Axe here. I heard you have something to tell me, Prince Will. Ill? Don't call me Prince. Oh, uh, uh, gotta go. Okay, he didn't have time to answer the question. Okay. Uh, Nick continues, I'll be starting the Hork Majir Chronicles sometime this week. He's, he's ahead of us, which is, we don't recommend that because we don't, I don't like that. He says, in the meantime, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the David Trilogy. I can already hear the laughing cries as you dive into books two and three. You'll hear some of them today. We'll see. Uh, He also says, non-animorphs wise, he says, since you guys are off Twitter slash X slash threads, there is the alternative social media drama machine, Blue Sky. Currently invite only. Codes should be easy to find at this point. I have a couple currently. He didn't give them to us. So I don't know if he's like, we we got a bag or what, Nick? And he says, Blue Sky is actually why I started reading Animorphs again, because there was one night where a bunch of Animorphs-related memes took over the site. Mm. So, there what was do you a, think? Yeah, there was like a wave of Animorphs content that, that came through Twitter as well. And I don't remember know, that I'm, Kotaku article. 
I do remember that Kotaku article. Yeah, it feels like there there have been like waves of of Animorphs interest where it, like there's like a flash where everyone talks about it and then it goes away and then it comes back and then it goes away. Yeah, yeah. That's what we struck gold, baby. I told you it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're getting two emails in the same week. <laughs> two emails and like thirty whole listeners. Actually, I mean, we're up to 40 in most of our average episodes right now. Wow. <laughs> if you're one of the 40 out there, you're, I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, Nick closes. Uh, looking forward to this series and your discussions getting weirder as this series goes off the rails a bit. It's not now. <laughs> it gets, it's going to get more off the rails. He also says, as always, fuck Seropedia. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Listen, I I can't confirm or deny how on the rails it stays because that that you know I don't want to spoil your experience, John. But <laughs> thank you for that. I just these people are our people. If look, if you somehow are reading Animorphs right now and found our podcast and you like it, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then we should be best friends with you because <laughs> there aren't that many people like you. <laughs> I think that's pretty much like that's a good if you can listen to multiple episodes of this show and have a good time yeah, for like probably, two hours a piece. Yeah, there's there's a pretty good chance that we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, you can stand to be around us that long. These are really that's good. Remarkable. Yeah, we we love all these emails. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thank you, Spam Viking. Yeah, Heck good yeah. theories, good thoughts, good comments. We loved it. And thanks for making our show even longer. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. Listen, Animorphs readers are smart. Like they, they're verbose because they know good word. That's true. Like us. That, I... <laughs> you got to include us in that if you're saying that. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not so much. So maybe today we'll only spend 20 minutes on the cover. Yeah, we'll try to rush through this book. I don't know. I have yeah, some... fine. Some comments on this cover, though. <laughs> yeah, well, tell me what it is. All right. Well, let, let's... Uh... The sharing. Closing bumper. Yes. Thank you for all of that sharing. Um, all right. So on this cover, we have Jake morphing into a dog, specifically Homer the dog, who, as you recall, is Jake's dog. Um, now... <laughs> We can talk about this dog in a second, but there's something very important on my copy here, Oh, which is there's a little uh, thing on it that says, watch Animorphs on Nickelodeon, and then in the corner of that it says TV. I'm not wow. sure if, if it's supposed to say, watch TV, Animorphs on Nickelodeon, watch Animorphs TV on Nickelodeon. Don't know where that TV is supposed to come in, but... I, I don't think this was on the last book. And as I recall, this is going to appear on most of the books going forward, even after the series ends. Oh, I hate that. That's <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> there is nothing worse to me. I will refuse to buy a book if it says now a major motion picture. Fuck mm. off. I do not want that shit branded on my book. And the worst is when they just make it the cover of the movie is the cover of the book. Blech. 
Yeah, that is pretty bad. Horrible. I will never buy that fucking book. Get the fuck out of here with that. I legitimately do need another copy of Lord of the Rings for that exact reason, because mine is from when I was a kid, and it was just whatever was cheap, so it's got like a shot of a black rider from the movie on it. That um, is so sad. Yeah, I, every time I walk into a bookstore, I'll see some like, you know, $90 tome of Lord of the Rings that's some beautiful hardcover, and I'm like, I can't, can I? I have to, though, right? <laughs> and I haven't done it yet. You do have to. I have nice Lord of the Rings because I think my mom or dad gave them me their copies. They're not like super fancy, but they do have a look of of olden times about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's like. way better. Yeah, although last time I read it, I just read the digital version. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, so what were we talking about? We're talking about Jake turning into this dog. Right. Well, anyway, it's good. I think that that series, last time we saw an ad for it was somewhere in the book, and I believe it said this fall. So I wonder if it did launch in August or if it's they're just getting ready for the September. It makes more, most shows start in September. So yeah, it's probably, I, would, I would think it would be a September release. Although, I mean, we could look that up or we could wait until we were ready to, to talk about this. Yeah, I don't want to ruin the point. surprise of that one. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I Now, I see... You know, I have PDFs of these books, too, and on the PDF, it doesn't have this little thing. So I wonder if there are alternate covers available. No clue. Yeah, because like in my ebooks, it does show the cover and on Seropedia, you know, they have the regular cover without that mm. thing. So interesting. Yeah. yeah Somebody finally know. was like, hey, this show is not on TV anymore. <laughs> Remove the part that says TV. <laughs> Stop printing that. So Jake's turning into a dog. Once again, like Marco, he's standing proudly with his T-shirt tucked in with a belt to his pants. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's not that weird. But there is something very cheesy to me about tucking in your T-shirt. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm like not even noticing that. I mean, he's got he's got a Superman pose going on. He does. He also has a blue overshirt, which is unbuttoned overshirt is that what he would call sure. it a button down shirt over his t-shirt but it's yeah. it looks way too big or something i don't yeah, know yeah it goes down like past his ass <laughs> he looks like, like hey arnold way. right now he <laughs> does kind of look like hey arnold <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that they've like done studies and like standing in the superman pose like increases your pain tolerance or something it's weird <laughs> huh all right Next time Mistress is whipping me, I'll remember that. (laughs) I think he looks dashing here. Sure, he looks dashing. I'm only just noticing this now, actually. Uh, His hands in the second (laughs) pose, like he's moving them forward like he's going to fawn them. They look weird. Do Do they not look weird to you? Um, a little, maybe it's the foreshortening, perhaps. Perhaps. For Good word. That's our term. word of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a juja. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're a little bit weird looking. Well, they're starting to turn into paws. So that's why. Yeah. It gives me pause for sure. Understood. And I like his hair, which just looks straight up like Lego man hair. <laughs> like that, even in every version of this morph, that hair just pops right off. That's one clean piece. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. 
What would you call that haircut? Because it's not really a bowl cut, but it's certainly a 90s boy cut. Yeah, I was going to say 90s. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas haircut. Yeah. I don't I don't really know the names of haircuts. I'm not, you know, fashion was, oriented like that. What was the name of the the not Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Jeremy Jason uh, Javet? <laughs> Jeremy Jason How come I can't Mc, figure this Mc, out? Mick Mick McLimmerson. That's very Mc, close. Why the hell can't I think of this? Jeremy 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 McJeremy McJeremy Jeremy. <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he's turning. Are you looking it up or? I was gonna, but uh, it, okay. I, honestly, this is more important. Okay. I didn't know if I should vamp while you were looking it up, but I guess we'll keep going. He's turning into a dog and he really, you know what he looks like to me is Mr. Peanut Butter from <laughs> BoJack Horseman. Nicole. Okay, thank Jeremy you. Jason McCall. But uh yeah, no, I I get that. I get those vibes <laughs> on here for sure. Especially yeah. Especially in like the second to last pick, where he's just barely not dog like in his face. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, you go to the weird. middle, it's too much like a character from the goofy movie or something. Oh, it totally is, yeah. He looks like a goof. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, do you think that maybe it would have been better if they called this book The Treat? <laughs> yeah, I do think that. <laughs> He's turning into a dog, you see? Yeah, that's what well, that's what Homer thinks it's called. It's like, what? The Treat? The Treat? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. They could have called it The Threat if they just mispronounced it. So, like, if, uh, if this was the... The last book in the trilogy, it could have been the three. Hmm. Yes. Good. Yeah. See, now I'm thinking. Is it too early to talk about the fact that Jake is a dog for about 10 minutes in this book? (laughs) You can if you want. (laughs) But they decided to put him on the cover because they're like, I don't know. Did we already do a dragonfly or something? Why, Why isn't that the cover? Yeah. I. Listen, they gotta have put a cute dog. They, I don't think they've had any like cute dogs on the covers yet. Yeah, I you guess know? not. They didn't have a dog yet, even though that happens in the first book. It was a they picked the shitty lizard. <laughs> yeah, and then in book ten, they uh, instead of being an Irish setter, Marco was a spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have gone dog in the first book. I want to see the eight dog heads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we didn't even say the quote. No, we didn't get to the quote yet. There's just too much to discuss. (laughs) The newest Animorph has a secret, and it's not good. Mm Mm-mm. Now, these outer covers, these last two, they've been, I I don't know, like, they've, 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 you know, been teasers rather than the standard cover quote. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they really make you want to open it up and find out what's going on. And they also kind of spoil that there's a newest Animorph. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's that was from last book. You're supposed well, what if, to know. What if I look at them out of order by accident? Mm. What if I'm reading them out of order by accident? <laughs> you should you shouldn't be reading this one out of order. You really, really shouldn't. <laughs> you really should not. Like I said, I do recall there being a lot of like extra outside whatever going on 
and, you know, so like you were aware as a kid that, hey, there's a trilogy, there's a newest Animorph, get hype. It is, it is kind of a lot to, if you don't know what this book series, not only do you have to understand what an yeah. Animorph is, you need to now know there's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Look, they're in the middle of something right now. And speaking of which, the inside cover, because mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the pages. This one's quote says, Jake's really gone to the dogs. Now, and last I gotta episode, tell you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this last episode, I said some stupid shit, and you were like, be careful, that's going to be the next inside cover. And it was not stupider than that. <laughs> well, here's, I actually think this is one of the better ones. <laughs> I mean, I do like it, but it is it, really dumb. But here's the thing, it's, he does turn into a dog, <laughs> that is a phrase that you can kind of use both ways. Like it, 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 there's a logic to it as opposed to just, if it was like, oh, dog gone it or something, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a little more to it. I, I'm not sure there's that much more to it. Okay. Maybe I'm just, my standards have fallen <laughs> so low. It's better than this is no snake in the grass. So I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, gotta give them credit. They gotta let them know when they do it right so they can continue doing this. And our inside picture here is we find out, guess where Homer's at? In front of Cassie's barn. Cassie's barn. And there's Cassie in there, too. Yeah, I don't know. It's not often you see another Animorph in these inside covers. Yeah, at least not, like, in non-animal form and i don't know if they just grabbed that cassie from another cover or not or they might have had look familiar yeah i'm sure when these kids come they have a ton of leftover photos yeah david mattingly Ooh, i would buy a book like a coffee table book that just had all the covers blown up but then it had extras of the pictures they didn't use that would make you a huge loser if you have that. <laughs> oh, shit. I better not buy it then. That's the last thing I need. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone to think you were a loser who reads Animorphs as an adult and has a podcast about them. No, no, no. There's also a chicken in the corner of this uh, cover. It's way too late. This chicken should be in the coop, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I, mean, I it, like the way... Yeah, It might just not go in. You know, I I lived at a house once with chickens, and they would often just refuse to go in for the night. You got to put those chickens in; they're going to get got by a fox. Yeah, one of them did get got by. I think it was well, actually that's a coyote. What but yeah, it is what happens. The stupid chickens will like go up in a tree and refuse to come down, and you'd be like, "Fine, fuck it. You want to be in that tree all night? You can be in that tree all night, but don't come down. Don't come squawking." Outside my room at 3 a.m. while you're getting murdered, and then I wake up and think I'm having a nightmare because something died outside. You're a monster. Something did die outside. <laughs> Something did die outside. Yeah, no, I re- that was freaking scary. I remember that. <laughs> anyway, I like this chicken because it's cut off halfway, and it looks like it might be some kind of a corgi chicken. Like, its body could keep going very long <laughs> past the edge. Yeah, I could see that. You can kind of see its head, but I like to imagine that it's just like a very long chicken with four legs on the ground. (laughs) This is a really good thought. I'm glad we're expanding on the corgi chicken. Yeah, other podcasts about animals, they'd probably be in chapter eight by now. Because they're not giving you what you really want, which is the cover analysis. Only the Yerky Boys. 
now that we've got the listener feedback and we know that's the favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're honing in on this. We're, we're this is we're hammering in. Yeah, we're, we're they're going to get even hop, longer. Hopping down, we're, we're hunking on. Right. All right. I, that's all I have to say. To you. Uh, that is all I have to say about that. Now I did want to mention about this dedication Forrest page Gump over here. here. Yeah. Uh, it says now it has the standard, of course, the the Michael and Clara thing, but it also says. For Miles and Coleman, I have no clue who these people are. Cirripedia didn't tell me anything. I was, I did a, some brief searches for like Miles and Coleman along with like Animorphs and K. Applegate. I have no clue who Miles and Coleman are. So we got a mystery. C O L E M A N. Yes. Maybe like it's the, Olivia Coleman. Hmm. Could be. This will be a question for Kay Applegate when she comes on the podcast. And maybe Miles is Miles Teller. Or Miles Prower. <laughs> yeah, it could be him. <laughs> All right. All right. So okay. I guess we could start talking about the book. Yeah. So, you know, it didn't spend a half hour on the cover, just, you know, the sharing and the cover. This is your fault, listeners. This is your fault. This is what you wanted. All right. So, you know, not to recap too much, but, uh, you know, if you recall, they were uh, bugs, they were cockroaches specifically, and they were falling out of a helicopter. Um, now, so they're falling out of this helicopter, and Rachel and Tobias uh, catch them out of the air. So, yay, they're, they're saved, right? This is not a big deal. Um, this happens almost immediately. Really could have just whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) it's fine moving on um so they land on the beach uh you know david is naked because he hasn't learned how to morph clothes yet they send tobias out for clothes for him and then also for seagulls so that they can surveil the area uh while blending in because tobias and david do not have seagull morphs yet um so they're they're checking out the area they're checking out the resort which as you recall all the world leaders are here to talk about the middle east Uh, so, you know, there's security guys everywhere, all over the place. Um, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get in, looks airtight, but one of these security guys, uh, is a yerk, and he is watching the birds. He's there to watch for Andalites in Morph. So he has some, like, Dracon beam attached to his sunglasses, and he's zapping all the birds at a low level, just so that it, it hurts like fuck, and they'll, they'll fly away when he zaps them. So the Animorphs, you know, not to be too suspicious, they have to wait for him to zap them before they fly off. Um, so that's a couple chapters I covered here. I have a lot to say about this. I do too. So, <laughs> First of all, I pity anyone if they really did jump into the middle of this trilogy without context, because you're going to be so lost and confused reading this. Yeah, there's so much going on in this. No amount of exposition K. Applegate tries to fit in naturally can can help you at this point. Yeah, you just you just don't know what's what's going on. I uh, I did think in the beginning here cockroach falling that could be like a new safe but thrilling form of skydiving. Mm. You don't That's need a parachute. True. You don't need training or anything. You just you just turn into a cockroach, jump down, you survive. Is that true? Can a cockroach survive falling from any height? I would not be surprised. I did not look this up, but it, like, 
you know, they, I know you hate the word ratio, but like surface area to mass ratio, they probably have enough air resistance. They don't reach terminal or their terminal velocity is not terminal for them. <laughs> I wouldn't be I surprised. The word ratio. Listen, you're the kind of guy, every time someone brings up a math term, you're like, okay, that's enough of that. Yeah, the rest of what you said was very boring, <laughs> and I didn't understand it, and it made me angry. <laughs> but ratio is fine. That's like on Twitter when you get ratioed. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, Rachel's got good hawk reflexes, huh? She catches them all. Eagle, but yes. Whatever. <laughs> Same bird. <laughs> Don't tell Tobias that. Yeah, I really like. I mean, there, okay, there's a lot here. Let's, let's first some general things just about the yes. plot that may, yes. maybe will help us recap where we are right now. First of all, we, we again we continue talking about the blue box. I don't remember them ever calling it that before this trilogy. I mean, I know we didn't talk about it that much. I thought it was always, isn't it a cube? Did they not ever refer to it as a cube? Or am I just thinking about the Tesseract? They might have called it. Yeah, I don't think they've like referred to it maybe at all since book one. Maybe in like a recap. Yeah, they had to when they say like Elfangor made us touch a thing. Yeah. But it's just they it's so weird to me to call it the blue box sounds makes it sound so pedestrian. Like it's just a box. I don't know. <laughs> just keep calling it the Escafil device. Axe yeah. told us what it's called. The cube. The blue cube. Sounds cooler. Uh and then this meeting that they're trying to infiltrate <laughs> is so funny to me. <laughs> Again, we already knew about the details really, but I'm just taking it all in here. Japan, the United States, Russia, Germany, England, and France are meeting in secret to help with the Middle East. No Middle East representatives apparently yeah. are invited or informed about this meeting. Yeah, it is not lost on me that that no representatives from any country in the Middle East are here at this meeting to work out what to do about all the problems. This feels so much like an eight-year-old's idea of like, I know, like it's the Justice League will meet together to go come up with a, they'll have a whiteboard and write out ideas to stop the problems in the Middle East. Like, yeah, what is this? But also there's secret service at the hotel. There's a room to give speeches at a podium. So like how secret is this meeting? I don't understand any of this. Yeah, it, it I'll give you, it does feel like like a summit that people are hearing about in the news or something, but I guess I guess it's secret. <laughs> it's just you know in the Middle East we just we just didn't tell them. <laughs> yeah, I mean it must be right because if they were gonna publicize a summit, you'd think it would be something like we pulled in the leaders from these different countries and we had talks and not. You know, all all these Western powers got together to figure out how we're going to, you know, do our imperialism more efficiently without stepping on each other's toes. <laughs> yeah, that could be what it is. Like, we is don't it, want know, this... Russia and the United States fighting a proxy war in Syria here. We need to work this out ahead of time so that when the shit goes down, you know, everybody's cool. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's how the government works. That is how, I mean, legitimately, that does track <laughs> it's it's pre-twitter so nobody was really sharing information also at this time right you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it is a little, it is a little weird that that she would write it like that because uh, again, that that does feel like what you would write if you were a child, where you're just like, yeah, the big important countries, they're talking about a big important problem, the Middle East, and yeah. it's like, yeah, but but she does know better, and it's <laughs> right. not like she shies away from putting like. I don't know, existential dread and suicide and PTSD into these books. Like, <laughs> She just couldn't remember the names of any Middle Eastern countries. She was like, if I say the names, people are going to get mad at me. They're going to think yeah. I have some kind of stance. Right. No, 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 no. Notice China's not at this meeting. Yeah, but this was, what, the, the, the late 90s, so... Also, are these really... Okay, U.S., Japan, and Russia. I don't know about Germany, England, and France. Are they really the next three? <laughs> Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, see, the problem is that, like, I feel like the answer is, well, the next, like, what you really want after the United States for this list would be the EU. And that, I mean, that was Germany, England, and France until England fucked off. Mm. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't we know don't my late 90s that. geopolitics. And I do, but we don't have time to talk about it. Okay, good. You, you mentioned that David was nude. I did. <laughs> I'm not sure I like how you said that. <laughs> nude David. Computer? <laughs> Computer. And <laughs> this image is not suitable for podcast. <laughs> and Tobias... Steals clothes for him mm -hmm. from the Kahuna Beach shop, which I looked up. I don't think it's a real place. I assumed it wasn't, but I also figured you'd look it up for me. There are there's a Kahuna surf shop somewhere, but not a beach shop. At least not currently active. Is that what a uh, Tito ran the Kahuna? <laughs> yep, in Rocket Power. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's also the Big Kahuna Burger. Oh, mm, I could go for a burger. Okay, calm down. We got a long podcast ahead of us. <laughs> and there's this amazing bit of moralizing here where Jake is like, listen, it's okay this time that you stole those clothes, but as Animorphs, we must never shoplift again. And we will return, we will give them their money somehow later on. <laughs> yes, we'll send the money to the shop. Does this, I don't, does this ring true to you or does this feel like she had to remind kids not to steal? <laughs> I mean, it does ring true as, like, a child's understanding of how this works. <laughs> may, I mean, because Jake kind of is a Boy Scout kind of a type. Yeah, yeah so like, I, I could I could imagine it. that. I mean, honestly, stealing is cool and fun, and there's I nothing wrong with shoplifting. I do think there's a, a little bit, though, of... It's a little bit of, like, either Kay Applegate herself or the publisher yeah. was like, we can't tell kids to steal. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like that. You know, J Jake says something about, like, we can't even, like, begin to cross that line because it's too easy to go wild with it, which I, there is some truth to that, the, this idea that, like, yeah, I mean, they they really could be. David brings up, he does a whole thing where he's like, you know, we could be, like, knocking over jewelry stores, and it's supposed to be like, what is this David kid doing? And, like, I could <laughs> see this idea of, like, listen, it's hard to draw the line. I don't know how this escalates. But, like, also, yeah. as someone who spent, like, 10-plus years in retail, it's fine. Shoplifting's fine. No, like, who cares? Just do it. It's Like, whatever. Kids, steal. I guess not 10-plus. Yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, this, this is... is <laughs> we don't need to get into it. A lot of this is just setting up the larger themes of this book. So that's kind of why it's important. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. without having not didn't not knowing that context yet at the beginning of the book, I was I, I was kind of it felt a little weird to me, but it sort of makes sense later on. We also get a little more. I don't know if I would call it moralizing, but <laughs> Cassie explains <laughs> to us why Tobias is not actually racist. <laughs> yeah. I love that section. Now, I don't know if, because we keep joking about Tobias's bird racism when it comes mm-hmm. up, but in this book, they specifically refer to it. They say he's like a racist with birds instead of people. Yeah, no, that is what David says. And, and Cassie is all like, well, those birds are different species. It's not really a good comparison. It, it it is Cassie. David's right. He's he's right. Tobias is a bird racist. I'm sorry, Cassie. I know you don't want to hear it. <laughs> it really does feel like. Come on. No wonder this kid hates you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Just uh, that's not a good compare. Like, you just wanted to be a contrarian. Yeah. Come on. Agreed. Like, Tobias is really into the whole bird thing, <laughs> as David puts it. <laughs> So I found that that was both of those things right next to each other <laughs> felt a little. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about when I read this as a kid and, and like, I do think that I, I like understood where Jake was coming. Like when I was nine years old and I read this book, I, I was like, oh yeah, Jake's got a point. You shouldn't steal. That's bad. I, there are good people for sending the money back. So I don't know. Oh, I was a uh, one time. Here's a story because we have time for this. Yeah. Um, I, when I, I must have been really little, like six or seven, I, like I, something like that, maybe even younger. And uh, I, w- I was in a comic store with my dad, and he was buying me comics. And I remember, I don't know what I did, but I like, I put like another comic under a mm. comic I bought. But I mean, I didn't pay for him, so I don't know if I handed them to him or maybe I just held it up. My dad was like, and that one. And I remember as, but I I had no concept at this age of what, that this was something wrong. (laughs) And as soon as we got in the car, like the second we got in the car, I showed, I was like proud of myself. I showed my dad. I was like, look what I did. Look, I tricked him. I got another comic. You tricked him. And my dad was like, mad and he made us go back inside and he I don't he either returned it or paid for it I don't remember and I was like that was my like for a long time probably a lot of it rooting in that scenario I was really mortified about by that and I I like you know I never I did not shoplift or anything like that when I was a kid like I stealing is wrong yeah, that really really affected me I felt so bad about it so David yeah. clearly didn't have that. I don't have like a trauma story like that, but yeah, I was a good kid. I was too much of a, a loser to ever steal anything. That just, you know. Thanks for not saying pussy because that's a gendered insult I don't like. Right. No, it makes sense. Also, it just wasn't uh, an appropriate usage there. Like that wasn't what I was. That that wasn't <laughs> the reason I didn't steal. Okay. You were that, that was just a, another thing. A right. No, thing. that would be a different kind of action. It'd be imp- <laughs> improper usage. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, they got to morph gulls. 
They gotta morph gulls because they gotta do more surveillance so they can figure out what's going on. They gotta blend in. And Kay Applegate, she doesn't keep track of many things from book to book, but she does remember who does or doesn't have which morphs. Yes. And they get, I like them. Tobias is just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't have one either, but now I do. <laughs> it all yeah, well, works to catch out. It. I do think Tobias was like, I didn't want to get one because he's a bird racist <laughs> and he thinks that gulls are dirty and uh, stupid and ugly. You know. He's right. Um, I like the part where, uh, I always like it when Marco and Tobias riff, right? I like when Marco says something like, if a seagull eats chicken, is that like cannibalism? And Tobias is like, depends. Is it extra crispy or regular? Like Tobias is quick with the, <laughs> with the banter here coming back at them. Yeah. I mean, I like it too, but I mean, that line doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But you know, banter's not supposed to make sense. The yeah, point is right. that it's quick. Come, you come back. I guess that's kind of our dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I like it so much. Yeah. Yeah, we I mean we've said it before. We are I think we are Marco and Tobias. If I anybody. guess. Yeah, we have to be. I'm Unless you're Cassie, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you're Tobias. I'm too abrasive like, to be Cassie. We're, we're both kind of Marco, but I think I think if we have to pick ones, I think that's what we've established. No, I think that does make sense. Ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> now, should we get to the now when they actually leave the beach? I mean, or? I just wanted to say, like, I guess I should have said this right off the bat, but like, last time I, I was saying that this they did this book as like a cliffhanger for the sake of having a cliffhanger, right? Like, literally, the whole falling out of the helicopter thing is immediately resolved. And yeah. it, it, it does feel like, it doesn't feel like a book cliffhanger that much. It feels like an interchapter cliffhanger, you know what I mean? Like when you're reading through the book and then they get to chapter eight or whatever and it's like, and I was falling. And then you start chapter nine and it's like, and then they caught us. Because <laughs> they do, you know, they always did that in Goosebumps where <laughs> yeah. like there's a monster. Oh no, it was just my sister. And and they do it in Animorphs too though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it it really does come back to the whole, like, they should have ended the last book in a different spot. Yeah, I mean, I guess they literally could have just had them land. But there is a lot of stuff at the beach that probably would have been cut or moved anyway, because the book was almost over. Yeah. Unless yeah, they no. just cut some somewhere else. I do think <laughs> that this book on the whole is paced a lot better than the last book. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I wasn't gonna get into that yet. That was more of my wrap up thoughts. Okay, we can get into that at wrap up. No, but since you said it, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I agree that there's this book is much less crowded than the than the first one in the trilogy. Same there's cannot much... be said for our podcast on it. No, can't be said. So uh, when so then they okay these. Yeah. Controllers, basically controllers, like you said, they're shooting them with Dracon beams that are linked to their sunglasses. Yeah. You like that? Controllers have Cyclops tech now. Yeah. That is what this is. They're, yes, this is Cyclops they, tech, yes. And I'm shocked that Marco doesn't say that. 
Mm, that is a good point. He is an X-Men fan, we know. But Kay Applegate doesn't really know the names of X-Men. She just knows X-Men, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, it's... It's I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume we never hear about this again. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they'd ever bring back the sunglasses as opposed it, to just using like guns. It just kind of seems like if you can shoot from your glasses, why would you ever have guns? <laughs> just just wear glasses. <laughs> Your hands are free or hold two guns and wear the glasses. Now you can shoot in three places at once. I don't know. I, I assumed they had to use a hand to activate it. Like either they're like tapping their sunglasses or they have like a button oh, yeah. in their pocket. I don't know. I do. Maybe they don't. No, I think you're right. I do think they have something in their jacket pocket. I think they kind of maybe imply that. But hmm. yeah, I don't this is this is a a weird bit of technology to introduce that is that for it to never come up again, that seems both like very could be a game changer for the Yerks, and it's just so. I mean, it is a very unique thing. I don't, I can't think of any other stories where they can just link their laser guns to their glasses. Like, it's crazy. It looks cool, though, or at least the, the imagery looks cool. It does look cool. It does. Yeah. This is they should. That's what they should have done in in Men, Men in Black. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Marco references, and I know that's an ending thing. But come on, they're they're all in suits. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, <laughs> all right. I I, I won't uh, do any more spoiling for the the end of the. Of Thank the show. you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been bad about that. Thank you. Um, so are we, okay. So, so they finish at the beach, right? They all get zapped and they have to go home. Um, pretty much have no way in here. Uh, so they go home. David is now staying in Cassie's hayloft. He has been jumping from place to place, but now he's in her barn and I guess somehow avoiding her dad or something. Uh, and we get a, the standard. So I feel like in every Jake book, we get a scene where we got to see Jake's home life just for like a chapter. Yeah. So this time, anytime you yeah. have one of the kids as the POV, you, you want to see them in their downtime. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that they always get that, but I feel like Jake definitely always gets that. Just Cassie, so you can see I think Tom. usually gets it. I guess. Yeah. And well, maybe they do always, maybe I'm just being silly. Rachel definitely gets it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes, it's just <laughs> like to them. Tobias gets his meadow. <laughs> Anyways, which this time when Jake gets home, his parents are uh, are very upset because um, his cousin Sadler has been hit by a car while riding his bike, and he is in like the ICU with really severe injuries. Um, so because of this, Jake's parents are going to be gone for the next couple of days to help out Sadler's family, and uh, and then if he lives. Then they will, you know, he's going to, then Sadler will get moved to the local children's hospital and his family will come stay with Jake's family. So, you know, Jake and Tom are going to be on their own for a couple of days at first year. They have like some sibling arguments um, about Tom being Jake's babysitter and haha, and, uh, you know, uh, Jake's got to get to bed. Um, partially because Tom needs to sneak out to do his York stuff. Um but then that night, Cassie tell, calls Jake up and tells him in code that David is missing. 
So he and Tom both end up sneaking out around each other. Um, so it's kind of a brief aside, but we can talk about Jake's home life here for a bit. I do think it's very funny that both Jake and Tom are trying to sneak out of the house around each other. I think there's like sitcom <laughs> potential here. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comedy of errors right there. Mm-hmm. I, I want more Tom. I, whenever Tom yeah. shows up, it's always like interesting and suspenseful. And I, I'm surprised they don't focus more on him in Jake's books. Because it yeah. just feels like that's an easy plot device to use him as you're into what the Yerks are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and in this book, I think Tom is at his, I don't know, least suspicious yet. Like, he does a good job playing the the big brother role this time. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. Hmm, yeah. I see it. I'm, yeah. Which is going to be a TV show soon. That I didn't know. Donald Glover. You're going to, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast in the future, then it, it was a TV show. <laughs> That's right. Um, You really glossed over, you breezed right past the, to me, the, the, the biggest discussion point of this section. There's a lot of discussion. Yeah, I have more. Don't worry. I just. I mean, but, but one is like right off the bat. Uh, please say it. His name is Sadler. <laughs> Sadler is his first name? Yes, Sadler is his first name. (laughs) That's not a name. (laughs) His siblings are named Justin, Brooke, and Forrest. Yeah, we get a whole rundown of this kid's family who are coming to stay at their house, but that never, unless it happens in the next book, that never happens. We don't. Yeah, so this is one of those things that um, she's very fortunate she put Jake and Rachel back to back because... Uh, this does not get discussed again, this book, like ever. But fortunately, Rachel is also Sadler's cousin, so they can sort of continue. <laughs> okay, sure. So that's good, at least. Because it really feels like they're setting up like, oh boy, it's going to be tough for him to get out of the house. That no, doesn't matter. None of that ha- comes up. Yeah, no, that, does, that doesn't matter here. I do, Sadler is not a name. Yeah. Do you think Sadler is a name? Have you ever met a person named Sadler? Well, I read a book when I was a kid. Like when I was nine, I they had a book with the character uh-huh. in it that was named right. Sadler. So yeah, you know, it's just <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're very caught up on this whole Sadler thing. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Kay Applegate is weird with names, and this name is weird. <laughs> Mister Sadler, something. That's not the name of a human. It's the only Sadler I know is in Resident Evil Four. The bad guy all the all the zombies are like sadler lord sadler i think it might be with a t in that game i don't know but it's a weird creepy name it's not real i don't like it (laughs) good well you can tell him that i also don't like when cassie calls jake Mm -hmm. again i think this happened last book Mm -hmm. the phone goes deedly 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 (laughs) yeah i have a note about that in here (laughs) <laughs> what what are the what ringtones did K Applegate have? Phones go ring ring in your house. The landlines don't go. Dee-dee, dee-dee, dee-dee. What their phone was that? Basically, we're not cell phones at this time. The K Applegate has only heard landlines at this point. I'm near positive. Yeah, no, That's just how been, they sound to her. There could have been flip phones. I think they existed. I think they did. 
like early in, in cell 90s, phones. In 98, yeah, they had early cell phones. They were like those giant block things that you saw in yeah. the Matrix. I'm trying to think of the X-Files because I, I, that's they kind of, you kind of see the full evolution of cell phones on that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you're mostly correct. But yeah, I mean, maybe there were car phones too, I guess. Yeah, um, I do think there were like those wireless um, hub phones where it's like it's a landline, but then you can take it out yes. of its hub and walk around the house. Yeah, yeah, we had one of those. I thought that was, I thought the thing was awesome. This is how boring it was being a kid in the 90s was that thing had a function where you could, you know, if you didn't know where it was, you could ring it and you would like mm-hmm. be able to find it. I would just play with that like it was a toy. <laughs> like that <Yeah>. was fun. <laughs> that sounds really fun to me. That was like exciting to me. Like, wow, you can press a button and it makes a noise somewhere else in the house. It's like See, magic. The, the Zoomers won't believe this. This will be like when your grandpa's like, when I was a kid, we just <laughs> played with a rock. That was our toy. That's how we had fun. They're going to be like, you didn't play with the phone ringing. That's not real, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Christ world. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I guess theoretically, like that kind of phone, maybe it made a more electronic sound, but I still don't know about deedly deedly. That's just me. Deedly deedly. It sounds like this might be Carlos Mencia's phone. <laughs> there we go. That's a good pull right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but well, then they moved that, to the barn. Now that you've pulled so much content out of Deedly Deedly and Sadler. <laughs> this is what the people love. <laughs> now, can, can I highlight the fact here that... Um, when they say that the family might be coming to state, Jake is like their cousin or my cousin Forrest is basically the devil. I fucking hate this kid. He's awful. And immediately Tom, not Jake, is like, um, can't they go somewhere else? Like, I'm pretty sure Tom's Yerk. The implication here to me is that Tom's Yerk also hates Forrest. He's just <laughs> like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to live with this fucking Forrest kid. <laughs> No, (laughs) I could do. I love I want more stuff of Jake and Tom's Yerk, like being forced to interact and kind of, you know, I want to see their version of the the Cassie book, book 19. I want to see the like they get stuck in an elevator shaft and have to (laughs) have to work together. And like Jake kind of Jake knows, but he can't tell him he knows. And Mm -hmm. all like there's there's so much fun stuff you can mine from that that they have not done really yet. Yeah, that's true. It's like one line a book. I, I like this elevator shaft idea where it's where it's like Tom they're they're like stuck and like they're on the news and there's rescue teams and like they kind of <laughs> gotta gotta they gotta get out within three days because Tom's yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna starve and Jake <laughs> knows it so he kind of wants them to stay trapped but also they gotta get out. Oh, this is our fan fiction right here. Yeah, next. this is good. I love a, I love a good bottle episode. Um, also I love when and, and Jake says. Yurks make lousy babysitters, which sounds like the title of uh, one of those, like my teacher is a werewolf books. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know. Yurks make about. lousy babysitters. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm like, a children's like, author. They get to the barn, and yeah. Jake's describing everyone. He says, Rachel has always looked great. Mm-hmm. Just want to mention that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emphasize Jake thinks Rachel always looks great. Mm hmm. More so yeah. than Cassie. Cassie looks worried, <laughs> but Rachel no. looks great. 
<laughs> now, Rachel does, they say that she's dressed up nice because she keeps outfits in Cassie's barn so that she can uh, show up in her morphing outfit, but then be able to be stylish. Love it. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Yeah, um, also, out. Like... yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 please, please, please. please. No, you. <sighs> Fine. No, just you. Gonna... I'm just going to say, I feel like this is a turning point here. Because Cassie mentions meds and doesn't feel the need to explain to us what that means. I that is exactly what I was going to say is that she God, does we not are tell so me in that. sync. <laughs> <laughs> just like I got a little confused personally. I didn't know what she was giving these animals. I googled it. I was like, medals? Did they win an award or something? I don't know what that means. She probably already said it so many times to all the other Animorphs. And they're like, Cassie, shut the fuck up. (laughs) We know. I just got to give this goose with a, I don't know, pancreatic cancer, some meds. Whatever the fuck. Now, also at the barn here, (laughs) we haven't even gotten into what they're doing from this point. But also at the barn, Marco is not there because his dad is out on a date. Which, yes. Like, this is kind of an important character development here, right? Like, his dad is dating again. He's getting back out there. He is. And, and like, that's, I mean, that is something. Because, like, Marco knows his mom is still alive. Right. It's the sort of thing you'd think would have, like, this concept would have been introduced in a Marco book and not introduced a little bit earlier. Yeah, they need a reason Marco can't be there, I guess. Because somebody has to stay behind because Kay Applegate's tired of writing for six kids at once. (laughs) And now there's seven. So she's like, no, fuck this. Too many kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's, like, get Cassie over there because he's getting back up on that horse. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that is. I wonder if that will be explored much in the future because that is a, a juicy concept since... Like you said, as we know, his wife is still alive, so that's tough. Drama. <laughs> anyway, yeah. they're they're out at the barn. Um, David has left. He disappeared. They don't know where he is. So Jake morphs Homer like he is on the cover here, where he morphed into Homer on the cover um, so that he can follow oh. David's scent. Um, so David walked away. They find out he morphed Lion for some reason in the middle of the town. So that's a little reckless. But then he morphed uh, back and then went eagle. Um, so they figure out he's in a nearby Holiday Inn. He broke in and he is watching TV. Um, so they they show up at the Holiday Inn and Jake lectures him about, you know, oh, we don't break laws. You can't just come in here and da-da-da-da-da, David. Um, you know, this is illegal. And David's like, listen, don't tell me how to live my life, okay? I don't want to be in the barn forever. And Jake is like you want to use your powers like this, like this is a danger, you are a security risk, and we can't have you around. And so he makes like a threat, uh, and then the two of them head back together. Now, um, at this point, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about David? So, I, I mean, David in general, there are at this point in the books a couple of red flags, but this particular uh, action here like, as far as this goes, David did nothing wrong, in my opinion. Like, 
like uh, fuck off right like <laughs> like this is stupid you know you can't he you can't expect him to fucking sit in in the barn and lift like let him break nobody's in this room the hotel can fucking eat the cost it's fine of the window like it is literally fine you know give him a goddamn place to stay like but we're J- Jake animals. is a Jake is over here. He's like, I'm too busy. You know, I know your entire life just got ripped away from you, but I'm too busy right now to figure out what to do about that. So instead, I'm just going to, like, order you to be my child soldier to run into death. And you're just going to have to deal with that and fuck your life and your living situation. I don't have time to deal with that right now. Like... Fuck off. <laughs> David did nothing wrong. And then he comes in and, he, and he's effectively making threats against David's life if he doesn't, like, shape up. Like, if I'm David in this position, I am legitimately thinking, I got to get away from these guys and, like, shit might go down. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you make valid points. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I think David did nothing wrong. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It probably shouldn't be like just morphing a lion and shit in public places and yes. screwing around. Like I said, there are some red flags, but <laughs> but but I do sympathize, and yeah, there is this weird dynamic where he feels like a prisoner. He kind mm-hmm. of is a prisoner at this point. Yeah, but I'll like so I totally get David's perspective, but I also do get the animorphs' perspective of we like. Uh, this is so he, I don't know that he quite appreciates the gravity of this power in this situation because this is some real life or death shit and he's just fucking around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the other hand, it's life or death shit that they have kind of dragged him into like, you know, he they kind of pulled him and they said, OK, we gave you this power. We gave you that, and now you're beholden to our group, right? You can't go off and just, like, you can't opt out. You can't say, I don't want to be part of this war. Uh, I'm just going to leave and go do something else. Because you can't, he can't live a normal life. His parents are gone. His house is gone. If he's going to make any kind of life for himself, he's going to have to use his morphing powers. And so that means he's a security risk. And so that means they can't have, like, I get how both sides are kind of stuck here. But, um, you know, I, I definitely, from David's perspective, it's, you look at it and it's like, it is not reasonable to be expected to do what the Animorphs want you to do. And it is not reasonable to be, you know, because, you know, Jake's a good guy. There's a very good chance that once this is over, he would put very real work into figuring out how is David going to, like, have an actual life and not just because remember, there's no phones, right? So when he's in that barn, he's literally just staring at the ceiling for 12 hours stewing all night and he can't leave or move or do anything. Um, you know, like, but but David doesn't know that. David has no reason to think that that Jake is ever going to do anything other than just use him to be a, like a soldier. So like I said, if I'm David in this position, my thought is like, I can't, you know, if I'm in this, I'm going to die. I need to get away. I can't, they're not going to let me get away. Like, I I need to be ready to, I need to be making a plan to escape and I need to potentially be ready to fight. That's my, that's my thought process if I'm in his shoes. I think the, I, yeah, I mean, that's very fair. I think the, the right answer in this case would have been to just hook a TV up for him. 
You know what I mean? Or like, give him some books. Mm-hmm. Some doesn't Marco doesn't have like a treehouse with a TV and some comic books or something. He just needs to be just like treated a little bit. That's all. Yeah. No, I I, I as treated as opposed to threatened. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have said, hey, Marco says, hey, this is my new buddy from school. He's staying here for a few nights. Is that okay? His parents mm-hmm. are out of town. I don't know. Because they're not looking for Marco. So, like, he could have stayed inside Marco's house. Yeah, he was there for one night in the last book. Yeah, it seems that seems like it would have worked. Or Cassie's. Yeah. Well, no, I guess not a girl. That'd be weird. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it does feel like they could have handled it a little bit better. And, and, and it is... Again, to be fair, it is... Jake is in a very bad situation here because he... He does not have a lot of time to put into. To There's a lot about on this. his mind. <laughs> yeah, they've been pretty much nonstop doing shit here. <laughs> yeah, so I don't necessarily blame either one of them, but you know, it's that's yeah. well, it's good. It's a good. And I don't know if you are. I don't think you're supposed to sympathize with David though no. at this point. <laughs> no, <laughs> you I, are you supposed to be like, oh, this aren't. is a bad kid. Yeah, you are supposed to think like he just doesn't. He's he is just fucking around and he doesn't give a shit about anything. Uh, and, and you can, it is kind of written that way. Like there are things about the way that he talks about it, where it's like, he's not talking about it like a guy who is in anguish, you know, there's, there's something distant about him. Um, and then they, they keep putting in all these little red flags like, oh yeah, he just goes lion just to try it out in the middle of the town. He, um, you know, he, he killed that crow just for fun, um, the, the the way that he's like, we could just knock over jewelry stores, which is a little bit like, uh, dude, okay, but <laughs> I feel like maybe you're not, maybe you're not trying to just kind of build a life for yourself out of this power. You're doing a little bit more. Um, so they do write him, you know, as though there's something more wrong with him. But But this action in the book is treated a little bit too harshly, I think. Yeah. I agree. Also, Cassie brings up, she's like, hey, Jake, remember that time you morphed into a tiger and was running around on people's roofs? Is this a thing that happened or is they, they just make that up? I don't remember when this happened. Yeah, I don't remember this happening exactly. I'm sure it wasn't the first time he morphed tiger. I think the it first could... time he morphed tiger was in the yerk pool. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I was just wondering if that was a specific instance, but I guess it might have just been, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Poberty's nerfed. Yep, could be. Um, Anything else about this, uh, this hotel? No, I'm ready to start talking about the other hotel. <laughs> yeah, the other hotel. Out, out of the frying pan into the fire. Only with hotels. Sure. Right, sure. Out of, out, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. All right, so so they're going to... Cassie's got a plan to get him in, even though security seems airtight, right? So they're because they have literally no time, they all skip school the next day, which they never do because it's a security risk, whatever. Um, they need a bug morph, but it, it's got to have good senses and high mobility. They don't have one of those yet. So they're, Jake's going to go as a dragonfly. And just so it's not suspicious that there are a ton of dragonflies, the rest of them are going to go as fleas, and they're going to ride on him... Uh, you know, so that nobody, whatever. Um, so they're, they're all fleas riding on Jake. Jake, uh, is going, there's no open windows. So he flies into a bellman's hat as he's like tipping it 
to all the people so that he can fly in under the hat. Um, once he gets in, he starts searching around the hotel or the resort, whatever, for a safe room for them to demorph in. There is like, there's like a lack of safe places. Uh, you know, all the rooms are, are occupied. There's some shenanigans where they get, he gets like stuck in a spider web. It took him forever to get going. So, so they're at the, the end of their time. Um, they're all about to be trapped in morph. Uh, so Jake flies him into a room, no time to spare. Everybody is struggling to get out of Morph. Uh, so we had another one of those scenes. And um, Marco is like growing into a giant flea, but his features aren't changing. It's a pretty horrific scene, um, but Cassie manages to talk him down. I went through a lot of chapters here, but I didn't have that many notes on it. So hopefully you... um. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I, I got nothing. Next. No, I, I have some things. Let's, <laughs> okay, let's talk about Project Dragonfly, as I call it. Yes, please. Aren't dragonflies kind of big? Kinda? Like, how, like how big is big to you? I feel like big enough that they could be noticed flying into a hotel. Well, that's why they flew into the guy's hat, you see. Okay, here's the next, <laughs> the next question. <laughs> They mentioned that the bellmen all have tall hats that they tip at guests. What is this, 1920? What are these tall hats the bellmen have? <laughs> well, they're only at rich people hotels. If you went to rich people hotels, you would. I I them. feel like there's. I, is, I can almost see it at. I don't know. I'm, I'm picturing like uh, like Home Alone 2 or something. <laughs> this is like a thing in a real. It's got to be a. But this is a Marriott. It's not the fucking Ritz. It's, it's a Marriott but, resort. Yeah. I, I, I don't, guess. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm reaching. <laughs> I don't know about these hats. Um, <laughs> but I guess it works. I mean, I, I, I guess look, there's their fleas. They're using the dragonfly, like a big plane. They're riding on him. <laughs> it is. It's a ridiculous plan. <laughs> it is a ridiculous plan. It, I think it, it kind of, it, there is a certain logic to it, but it's just a lot you have to allow for that the fleas can bite the back of the dragonfly to hang on. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. feel like you can't get one bird close to the hotel past the security and just like quickly drop some people off or something. Birds can fly, fly pretty fat. Like, uh, Tobias, he can't fly fast enough to outrun their laser beams. I think he could. Well, they got they got to get in secret too, right? They don't want everyone knowing all the Yerks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> it's cool. They get to ride on a dragonfly. That's fun. Yeah, they should have put that on the fucking cover. They anyway. should have. They could have had the eyeballs. There's a scene where he's morphing dragonfly, and his uh, head is just all eyeball. Yeah, he he says it. Um... It's like a wall of TV sets in a dome around him. Yeah, like the Matrix. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> that was my note. It said being a dragonfly is like being the architect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. also some fuck there's some fucked up shit in here, like even before the the flea when uh Jake says an extra set of legs erupted from my chest. Like hyperactive worms crawling out of an apple. Mm, yeah. That's, that's one good. of the worst bits of imagery yet. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Uh, that didn't bother me too much. Yeah, because well, you're a fucking freak. 
I, don't know, I like worms. What do you want? Also, there's a great line when they're talking about. Um, he says it's like seeing that watching the tapes from Desert Storm, and Axe says you put your wars on television for people to watch. Humans. Axe ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait till the mid aughts when we get shock and awe. <laughs> we really see some barbarous shit. But this is where Axe draws the line. I mean, Andalites have some yeah, right. war shit going on too. But he's like, but we don't tell people to watch it. <laughs> There's no the way the electorate doesn't fucking watch battle vids. They love their soldiers so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's also some good stuff about Axe learning about what a hat is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Marcos. disapproves of hats. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't understand clothing, of course. Marco says he's a cute flea and he has pretty oh, yeah. blood sucking mouth parts. That's true. He does say that. Now this Cassie business, this, this is what I think is the, the juiciest part of this section. Mm-hmm. Is this the part where her head bursts or is this the part where she talks down Marco? I was thinking when she talks down Marco, <laughs> she, I figured head, that's what you thought. Does her head burst? Gross. Yeah. There's a part where she's like oh, on right. Jake and Jake's like demorphing and she's still attached and she hits a human blood vessel on it. Like, yeah, her head like explodes and she, she's dying as a flea. Yeah. I mean, this whole section with, with, first of all, like being a dragonfly, getting caught in a spider's web. This is horrifying to me. I, I hate mm-hmm. I hated this. And then having to demorph and then you're like half human, half dragonfly in a vent with a spider still like crawling around. This this upsets me. <laughs> Don't like this part at all. And then the cherry on top is is Cassie getting crushed and like her guts oozing out. <laughs> And then this Marco turning into a giant flea, which I did look up an image of a flea just so I would have an accurate picture in my head. And they are quite disgusting. Yeah. And I imagine it's the size of a dog, as they say. And he's like facing down being trapped as a flea, a dog sized flea. Yes. Very bad. Although, you know, that could be kind of funny. Like having a pet, (laughs) a weird alien pet. I don't think you would like that pet. Nah, it'd be kind of fun. Uh, um, and I, I, but this part where Cassie talks him down and she's, she's like, Marco, just concentrate on all this, clear your mind. You can, you can demorph right. and, and she helps him and Marco starts crying mm-hmm. and, and he's like, you saved my life, which I, I like that Marco's just like me. He loves Cassie now. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking the same journey together. He and I. Yeah. Yeah. And. But Axe, what I think is really interesting about this is I think Axe is watching this. Yeah. And he's like, I've I've never seen anything like that. Now, Cassie um, already talked Marco down. Well, but that was before Axe got there. I was going to say this is the second time this has happened that they were going to get trapped as monstrosities. And Cassie has to, like, specifically get Marco out of it. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, something about this time made it seem like, I I interpreted it as possibly he should have been trapped, and it almost seemed Mm -hmm. to me like Cassie is so good that maybe she's, like, found a way to actually push past the two-hour time limit. It is kind of written like that, because they they use the word miracle here. Yeah, and again, Axe says, this is something I have not seen before. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Which it seems like wouldn't be the case if it was just, oh, he was freaking out and I helped him calm down. It seems like he mm-hmm. like he would have been fucked otherwise. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Again, it's one of those things that probably never comes up again, but it, it feels like potentially, oh, maybe Cassie's like on to some even maybe she can unlock even more powerful morphs or something. <laughs> it's, it's like when, when Toph to halfway through her run just learns how to bend metal, which used to be the weakness. Right. They, they could have, they could have a Cassie book where it's like, hey, yeah, Cassie can just morph forever. Now she doesn't have a two hour limit anymore. Yeah. That'd be pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool as hell. <laughs> All right. I would like that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean that this is a, a pretty horrific scene the way it's written. Yeah, it's it's it is it only doesn't stand out because we've had so many. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it but it still stands out to me a little. Yeah, no, 100%. And I guess I would have read this probably before I read the other one most likely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great intro to remember. this world. Yeah. Should, and again, it is a classic thing. The spite, just this fact that it's the spider that's fucking them up, that it's just, it's just a spider. It's not a yerk. It's not a gun. Yeah. It's, they almost die to a spider. Yeah. That's kind of, that kind of thing is great. There's like a mention of that earlier too, where, where they're talking about like, it's a long way to get to the hotel as a bug. And Rachel's like, yeah, we could get, you know, eaten. <laughs> you could get caught in a car windshield, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just it's quite difficult to be a bug i do always love when they get fucked up by just some random normal thing yeah it's great it's because it's i don't know there's something grounded about it that mm-hmm. i'll enjoy the juxtaposition right your favorite word that and the other stuff <laughs> <laughs> Ah. It's good, uh, but they they're in here now. They've got they've made their way in through a lot of craziness. Yeah. Um. Okay. So they get their <laughs> bearings in this room, and they are standing in the main ballroom, and there is a portable yerk pool next to them. So Jake had actually passed this room up earlier because of this, but he came here because they ran out of time. Um. They're, they are standing in a hologram of a giant pillar. So so you imagine this giant ballroom, right? Or maybe not giant. This hotel ballroom just kind of, from their perspective, has a portable York pool just sitting there in the middle of it in the open. But they're within a pillar hologram. So if they were at, sitting at a table, it would look like there's a giant like 10 foot in diameter pillar holding up the ceiling. All right. Hopefully this imagery makes sense because it gets a little muddled, I think. In the We're going to need, yeah, I'm going to need some diagrams of this shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, as they are exploring it and figuring out what's up, uh, a man named Tony, the White House Chief of Protocol, uh, shows up and he is arguing with a lady named Sheila. Um, so he's changed up the plan for the ceremony. He's saying, you know, Oh, when the president and the other heads of state, when they walk up to the podium to do their speeches, instead of going this, this, whatever path, they're going to go around behind the pillar instead. And, uh, and they're like, Ooh, that's suspicious. So, so Jake at this point is out of the pillar because some shenanigans have been happening. And he looks on the bottom of Tony's shoe from under the table and he sees that Tony 
is Slash Shoe. Remember Slash Shoe from the last book, who we thought was the president, who Visser 3 acquired. Well, it's actually Tony, the White House chief of protocol. Um, so anyway, they overhear this. They overhear the Yerks plan to get these guys infested. And, uh, and they're like, okay, we can leave. We should be able to leave out the roof because they've like, they're projecting this hologram in through a hole in the roof. It's complicated. <laughs> I feel like I need to give like 10 minutes of geometry explanations on how this all works. But it's, it's like, it's anyway, whatever. Um, they have to decide if Jake's going to, Jake has decided, is he going to kill the Yorks in this pool or not before he leaves? He decides, no, we're not going to kill the Yorks. Um, they go to leave. They stupidly set off an alarm thinking that will distract everyone from the birds flying out of the ceiling. But no, of course, controllers show up. So Jake and David get trapped outside the pillar uh, and they have to leave differently. Um, God, there's so much in this section. I should have broken this up. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. We're almost there. Okay. Okay. Uh, so everybody else is leaving as birds. Uh, Jake and David observe the controller guards going in. They check. They see the Yerks are still alive. So they figure, okay, it was a false alarm. No Andalite bandits here. Otherwise, the Yerks would be dead. Um, David gives... <laughs> but David, during all of this this shenanigans having david morphs into a lion under the table and jake's like no 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 we're not gonna fight we're not but david's not listening to him anyway he doesn't attack them and the controllers leave and jake and david get out the same way they got in flee on dragonfly okay (laughs) all right so jesus christ the hologram yes there's a are there 10 foot in diameter pillars? Yeah, right? Like, that is so <laughs> weird to me. But that is what it says. is ten, And it has to be, because there's a fucking pool in it and the, the room for all the Animorphs to stand around. Yeah, I kept trying to figure out, is this some kind of an optical illusion where the pillar looks normal size, but in it somehow it's actually bigger? No, it's just a ritzy ballroom with giant fucking pillars in it. And and this hologram, they can actually the holograms in this universe you can touch and interact with. No, they they're also projecting a force field. Oh, that's what it is. Because they said at one yeah. point they someone could touch it and they would just feel a pillar. Yeah, yeah. Because they have a they're putting down a force field too. Okay, was that the same as the chi tech too? Yeah, that is the same as the Chi tech. They they make a whole point about this where they're like, because the Yerk technology is nowhere near as good as the Chi technology, they need like an actual Yerk ship like in the sky projecting this down at all times because they, they need like the power source from a ship. They can't just do it from here the way that a Chi could. Yeah, the ship is hovering in midair indefinitely above this room. Yes projecting a force field and hologram of a pillar down through a hole in the ceiling that they burned out with the Dracom beam where the original pillar was. <laughs> this hologram tech is wild. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I had some, like, a little bit of difficulty with this, reading it at nine years old, trying to figure <laughs> out what exactly was going on here. Yeah, it's confusing. I'm having difficulty now in my 30s. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. And I, I know we've, we've talked about this before, and I don't think we have an answer of exactly what kind of fuel source these ships use. Yeah, I do not know. 
Because apparently this thing doesn't need to refuel, or at least it can survive for like at least seventy-two hours or something. It's just like hovering there for all this time, or yeah, they can refuel solar. it while it's in midair, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess. They, I mean, they probably have transport ships. They can. They have that yeah. giant transport ship. They must be able to do something. Yeah, that is true. Okay, there's just a lot to get into here. Um, yeah. So they're hiding under this table. There's basically an episode of Veep happening just yes. in the midst of all this. We need to talk about the slash shoe. Yeah. This threw me for a loop when I was a kid because I, in the last book, they really play up that they think slash shoe is probably the president. And you, you leave the book with the impression that he's the president. And then I, as a nine-year-old, spend a month thinking that he's the president, which in nine-year-old terms, a month is a long time. So we get this reveal that Slashy was not the president. And my I remember my brain was just like, wait, so, so wait, so who is Slash? So what's going on with the president? What's this, this, this Slash shoe? <laughs> I remember having <laughs> more trouble with fucking Slash shoe than I had with this hologram setup somehow, because it was so ingrained in my brain because I reread the book like 10 fucking times in the month I was waiting for this to come out. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the president. Yeah, that was my no, impression. You brought that up at the end of last episode. You were talking about the Yerk's plan and about Slash you being the president. And I was like, well, that's not quite their plan, but I don't want to spoil it because because I didn't know when I was a kid and it confused me. So you should have that experience too. <laughs> and I guess, do we get into their plan now? Like what it actually is? Can we talk about that? Or is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's extremely complicated. <laughs> it requires a sophisticated hologram, which you know mm-hmm. they had to set up and make sure it wasn't discovered. Go through all this trouble. Why, when they took over the helicopters, why not? Okay, they need. They wanted a yerk. Their real goal right now is to get a yerk pool in in the White House. Right, that's their goal. Yes, but also all these other countries as well. Right, but they got to start somewhere, right? So, but that's yeah. the explanation of why they didn't just infest them is because it's too suspicious if they have to go off every three days or whatever. I, so, okay, fair enough. But it does seem convoluted when, like, they had them all in this helicopter. I don't know. You could have just. Yeah, I, it, it could have. Like, yeah, yeah, it feels like that. Like that would work for the president, but they would have to get like this. The whole like the the ceremony is going to have every head of state walk past the pillar, so they get all of them. It, it does <laughs> right. just seem like if they could grab a helicopter, why they. They should be able to grab everybody's helicopter. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just grab them there. It's this whole plan. It's like okay, like the timing yeah. they have to pull off of making sure they pull someone in, and it still looks like they naturally come out to the helicopter. Yeah. I guess this this hologram is soundproof, so they don't hear the screams either. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it's got to be soundproof because I I think the idea is they're projecting a hologram of them going up to accept the speech, so like it'll just look like there's no time behind the pillar. <laughs> These holograms are really advanced. <laughs> this is way better than Star Wars tech. <laughs> way <laughs> better true. than our Tupac or whatever holograms we have. Wasn't there a Tupac hologram? Did I make that up? I don't know. Uh, Tom Cruise, Heidecker Jr. You know what this did? You brought up Tom Cruise. This does remind me of Mission Impossible 4. One of my favorite parts when they have like a whole 
they like project the hallway so they can sneak by and you don't see oh, them. Yeah. There's a really yeah. cool tech in that. That was good. I loved that. Yeah. There's a lot of attention to detail and and how that tech works too where it where like they do a great job like showing you like how it only works for one person cuz otherwise it can't get the angles right without going into a long detailed technical explanation of why that would be. I I really yeah. liked that part. Listen, save it for the Mission Impossible cast, okay? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's that's next. Um but anyway, it's it's a complicated plan. Okay, and again, just the slash shoe thing. Also, I a slash on someone's shoe is the weirdest defining feature I can imagine <laughs> for a person. Why not just say like, oh, he had a his shoelaces were a weird color or there was a I don't know. There a slash what does that even mean? A slash? Like where? What is that? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. His I, I don't shoes know. are fucked up and old. He needs new shoes. But isn't he like he's working for the president? Shouldn't he have nice shoes on? Yeah, I mean he's not even the fucking secret. So he's the chief of protocol, whatever that means. But I would assume it means that he dresses nicely because he's in charge of that sort of thing. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> All right, can we get to the less important things? Yeah. <laughs> there was a part that I liked when they're under the table and they're they're seeing the political people come in. And uh, Jake says, legs were coming at me. Two bare female legs and four covered mm. in gray pinstriped suit pants. Okay, calm down. <laughs> I just liked that part. Okay. <laughs> Got a little bit excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get another another section about them trying, you know, a little mini recap of how we don't destroy yerk pools because that's not cool. Yeah, no, I I kind of like that here because in book in book six, Jake has the same option. He's like burn him. So I I like that he's <laughs> I don't know if he's matured a little or if he's like he's taking the war a little more seriously. Where he's like, look, we're not just fucking around here. This is like actual stakes. I have to make real decisions. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it makes sense too. It's not just a moral decision; it is also logical because the Yerks yeah. will find them out. So, yeah, they're not here to destroy this Yerk pool. They're here to stop this plan from going through. So they need them to think they're they haven't been here, which feels like a very mature d- choice. And I I do mm-hmm. think this book demonstrates Jake being a pretty good leader by now. Yeah, he's, he's we, at least we have we've been seeing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's not. He's he may not always make the right decisions, but he is. He is willing to make them, and that's yeah. I think the important thing. He's he doesn't fuck around. He's like, we got to do something. So I'm making up my mind, and we're going with it. Yeah, we've been seeing. Maybe I mean maybe that's also part of why the whole leadership thing in Book Eleven doesn't work as well for me is because there's not as much just general. Jake is a good leader, but, but these like mid teens to, to early twenties, but we really do see Jake kind of coming into his own as like, okay, I actually am like a group leader for real and a good one. Yeah. David's being real fucked up in this section. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he sure is. He's like going to go lie. And then he's like, I was just joking. (laughs) Not really. I don't know. And, uh, and Jake's like, or David's like, hey, you ever wonder who'd win in a fight between a lion and a tiger? 
Yeah. <laughs> and Jake's like, huh? And and David says, I just find that interesting is all. <laughs> <laughs> just finds that interesting. Yeah, David's being kind of a little piece of shit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh boy, this kid's starting to creep me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I... I... I should have brought this up earlier. I'm just looking through my notes. Yeah, I, I, I like you're talking about the episode of Veep that they were having here. <laughs> I really like how Sheila is kind of not having any of Tony's bullshit with these last minute changes. She's like, Tony, this doesn't make any sense. What the fuck are you talking? You just said something different this morning. You could. We need time to do this. Uh, <laughs> Visser three, because this this is Visser three who acquired him. He must really hate having to just kind of take being talked back to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm used to being able to just cut off her head, but no, no, this fucking... Yeah, she's probably getting her head cut off later, though. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to get a Yurk in her so that we can kill her. Yeah. My least favorite subordinate. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, why? Well, I'm not just going to kill a person. Let's put a dumb Yurk in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Two birds. That's right. Uh, yeah, and Cassie has a nice little uh, psychoanalytical profile of of Visser Three and how he's an egomaniac. Yeah, he is. He sure is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. That's the part where where all the guys are trying to figure out some logical explanation as to why he does what he does, and Cassie's like, "Um, actually, using my feminine intuition, I can tell you about his character." And uh, and David and Marco and Jake were all like, I still like our idea. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good. I kind of did, too. I was like, yeah, they laid it out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Look, they just but, want to mansplain a little is all. Yeah. Let them have their mansplaining. Yeah. Let them have it, Cassie. Come on. Uh, <laughs> geez. But anyway. Buzzkill. She's kind of right. Yeah. She they is both have right. good points. There's good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I can't. I'll just, just real quick. I mean, Axe mm-hmm. has a funny dig. He says human technology is not that different from chimp technology. Ha ha. Oh yeah, I like that bit. I, I think that <laughs> happened a little later. Is is where it is for me. But that that's really good. I. Uh, Are we not Axe getting to that yet? No, yeah, we can get to that right now because it's just about the stupid hologram okay. tech. Great. Go for it. it. Yeah, no, I, Axe is coming in with the sick burns here, because cause Marco was, 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 you know, going in on him, being like, oh, well, you know, you superior Andalites, the chi got you, da 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 it's like humans to chimps, and, and Axe is coming back at him here with the, well, actually, a much, much bigger difference, since human and chimp tech is basically the same, you know, that sort of thing. Axe is... I like Axe's journey where he's trying to learn how to joke around with the humans. <laughs> yeah, he tells another joke somewhere in this book. I don't remember what it was. He does. I haven't noted wherever it is, but he, uh, or maybe I do. I don't know. It might but have already yeah, happened. I don't know. I, I, I like it. And and he he pulls this one off. This one works. Yeah. It gets Rachel to go, ooh, score one for the Axe man. <laughs> yeah. Some some like uh, Andalite xenobiologist or xenocultural specialist over here taking uh. notes on this. Like, Ax, I need you to help me uh, understand human humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I also like this part when uh, what are the what are they doing? They're gonna. You know what? I think you just need to get to the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, okay. <laughs> so later that same night. So this is all happening in the same day because they took school off. So basically, this entire thing is happening over the course of forty-eight hours here. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they come back as birds. So you remember there was a hole in the ceiling that burned out where the pillar is. So they're going to fly in way up high and then come down through the hole. And they're going to, they drop weights on all of the, the controllers guarding the pool. And uh, and also they come in with Marco the Cobra to, to like bite them. Um, to keep them down. Alright, so they fly in through the hole. Um, the banquet is in full swing, you know, everybody's chatting, having dinner, whatever, outside the pillar. So they, they take out these guards, they fly in, Axe, David, and Jake each acquire one of the guys they knocked out. So, cause their plan is they're going to do basically exactly what the Yorks were going to do, except instead of infesting them, they're going to be like, Hey, uh, here's our buddy Axe. He's an Andalite. The Yorks are real. Check this out. And, and they're going to try to inform them all one by one. Um, so, uh, that's the idea. Okay. <laughs> that's a, a lot. That's one a lot section. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot Listen, happens. <laughs> uh, th- this is a lot of chapters, and uh, not a lot happens, but it's a lot of chapters. So. Oh, not a lot happens because you just said a lot happens. Oh, I don't know what I said. Don't listen to what I say. I don't even know what I'm saying. I never do, man. I never do. Okay, good. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so they are. Why is Marco a snake, and what is everyone else is a? They're fleas again, or I don't. Remember. No, they're all birds. They're all birds, but Marco's a. But snake. Marco's a snake because they need Marco to bite these guys and deliver a small quote, hopefully unquote, non-lethal dose of poison so that they stay down after they knock him out. Okay, <laughs> does he do that? I don't remember them. He does. He that. does it multiple times. Wow. Like I, I, I missed that. <laughs> I will say, like. First of all, if you're going like 50 feet in the air and then they're doing, Jake says he's doing like over 100 miles an hour in the dive and you're dropping weights on these guys' heads. First of all, they could very easily be dead just from that. Oh, they are 100% dead. And then Marco <laughs> comes in and is biting them with what they hope is just a mild dose of, of cobra venom, you know, enough to keep them knocked out. Like, no, they killed these guys. They are totally dead. dead. This is like the scene in Home Alone 2, a second Home Alone 2 reference in one <laughs> yeah. episode, when when uh, Kevin throws bricks off a three-story building and hits the bandits in the, in the fucking head yeah. several times in a row with bricks. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, boy, that hurts. I'm like... <laughs> This yeah. child is dead. They sh- like if if not dead, these guys have brain damage. They're going to be in a coma, or they have serious concussions at the least. Yeah, no. They- Where did they get? They drop lead weights on their heads. Where did they get those from? Well, what did they have? They had a, a fishing weight, uh, a plum bob, and a, an awl. <laughs> so probably out of a tool shed, I guess. I guess, and they just carried it from nearby. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I hope they out paid back Cassie's wherever they dance. got them from. 
Yeah, maybe maybe it's there. It's I just that seems like a if long you take way. Them from your parents. Yeah, but they carried it. What is that like five miles or something? They had to fly yeah, to I get it. I don't know. They got weights. I mean, <laughs> even on top of just an all. If you got hit in the head with a fucking all, <laughs> that's literally just going straight into your skull. Yeah. Yeah, especially if their talons are out. I feel like you did something that... Oh, I get it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was confused. Like, right. it's daytime. Usually they don't yeah. use the all okay. morph unless yeah. it's night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Or are you I from like the... part of that part of the country where they say, oh, <laughs> or instead of oil or whatever? Or whatever. <laughs> Which part do they say what Evelyn? <laughs> <laughs> what? Evelyn? <laughs> oh, I love that. We're like, we are like Marco and Tobias again. Yeah, it's true. No, I enjoyed this part here. I feel like maybe something was awakened in Marco when Rachel's carrying him as a snake and he's talking about how insane the mission is. And Rachel says, Marco, shut up or I'll squeeze harder. Hmm. I just feel like maybe <laughs> that did something for him. It could be. Could be. I think he liked that. This whole section is um, reminds me of the video game Hitman. It really feels like I like that it's like an infiltration mission. They have to, you know, they have to wear disguises and stuff. I mean, we didn't mm-hmm. really get to that part yet, I guess. Or right, they didn't. I mean, they're they're in. They morphed these guys. They did. Oh, they, they did. They okay. put on their tuxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and again, this is human morphs are okay now because this is end of the world shit. Yeah, no, they they make a point. They're like Cassie didn't even bother to object this time or whatever. I don't. Yeah, they're like, even Cassie let us do it, because there just was no other way to do it. Yeah, this was the only way. But this this plan is flippin' crazy. <laughs> yes, like, this whole thing is just... it For this, for them to pull this off, hinges on about a thousand things going exactly right. They They have to... Get down there, successfully knock these guys out, get through the hole, not be seen. Act, may, none of these guys can react or shoot at them or shout or contact anyone somehow. And they have to hope there's no surveillance also, that no one's monitoring this little room. And uh, and then they have to stand there and get the people to come in at the exact right time and explain to each of them what yurks are or something and then send them back out. Yeah, <laughs> like, and something is occurring to me about this next section, which I will say when we get there now. Okay. This plan makes nothing here. Yeah, no, I, where, where the last book was just chaos because too much shit was happening. And this one, it's, it's very convoluted instead. Like, there's just too many moving pieces. And, and the book, I feel like it just kind of goes, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it all, it works. It makes sense. Just don't, think, just don't, we're moving on. It's fine. It'll make sense. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. There's more words. Just keep reading the words. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a little bit, you know, I was, I was noticing this in, in, um, I feel like usually in Animorphs we'll get like some barn scene where they, they basically just tell you what they're going to do, right? One of the Animorphs will be like, we're going to morph into these bugs and then go in here and do that. And then in the next chapter they do that and maybe it goes wrong or something, but, but like you get that set. This, they do a different setup. They're like getting ready to do the plan and they're like, wow, that plan sure is insane, but they don't 
like you have to figure out what their plan is as they're doing it. Which yeah, it's kind of uh, like a really, heist movie thing. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of like a heist movie thing, but it does add to the confusion. Because at every step of this plan, you don't really know where they're going next with it. Yes, and then it turns out that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. There's all this setup, and it's actually completely for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, like just maybe I mean, when even... maybe if you wrote it all out, it would just sound too crazy. So they're like, we better just not tell them. <laughs> the Yurks plan, though, is not less crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not. So, like, I mean, even, yeah, I don't know. I think, can we get to the, can we yeah. get to it? So, okay. Let's just go over the whole next bit that happened. You know what? No. The the <laughs> world leaders, they start walking up, and they're walking, but, like, one by one, they're walking past the column. And Jake's like, oh, shit, you know what? This is a trap. They were supposed to get grabbed battle morphs now. Except... They were supposed to get grabbed by the guys in this pillar, so of course they're just walking past. Like, it didn't even occur to me until just now. <laughs> like, like they're, they're all like, this is suspicious. The Yorks aren't grabbing any of these guys and pulling them into the pillar. It must be a trap. You knocked them out! Yeah, no, I was actually really confused. I did not understand how Jake figured out it was a trap. I, I think as a kid, I just... It followed Jake's logic, which it doesn't make any sense. And I and it even, didn't even occur to me to question it until just now. I don't know. If, I don't know how I like I didn't even I didn't feel like there was logic. I mean, I guess I just missed it. But it seemed to me he was just like, oh, wait, I realized it's a trap. And then they never explained why. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the reason that I had always thought was because they're supposed to be grabbing these these guys and pulling them in to infest them. And so when they don't do that, that means that, that it must be a trap because it, it would be wrong if they didn't. But but the Animorphs are supposed to be pulling them in now. And they're just I not. Don't... And I don't like what they I mean, even when he realizes that like two guys have walked by and they didn't they didn't do their plan. <laughs> Listen, this this is the exact <laughs> at least what I have here. The Russian premier walked past and on up to the platform. He began talking, pausing every few seconds for the translator to translate his speech into English. That's when I knew. Oh, man, I whispered, it's a trap. I, the, wh- what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, guess it's, what? He doesn't, even, he doesn't even say the thing you're saying. Like, it doesn't even get that explicit. But why doesn't, why did it's they just, just let him walk past? Their whole plan was to pull him in. That, that's a great question. I, I, I feel like I've read this book for so long in my life, and I never question this. I'm having like a, a meltdown right now. I don't like what, this. Doesn't make it. There's nothing here. It is. What it did is she really write? Weird. Yes, it's there is there is a step that is not included here. Yeah, I like, do not understand. <laughs> okay, so so he realizes that they're in a hologram within a hologram. This entire banquet isn't happening, right? It's a trap. The Yerks set up this banquet as a hologram. Why didn't she write them trying to pull the guy in, and and it turns out that their hand goes right through him because it he's feels a like I don't. It feels like something got is missing because again, I don't know. If, I'm assuming I have the right copy here. It said yeah. he walks up the podium and it goes. We tensed up again. He came closer, closer. And then he just walks past. 
Yeah, like they no, don't. like I said, I assume they were like, yeah, because this is when he gets pulled in by the Yerks, <laughs> who we knocked out. Yeah, I don't, this, this, none of this makes this, sense. This is, it makes so little sense that my brain didn't even process that that doesn't make sense. Cause I just, I'm just like, all right, keep, he's, it's a trap. Like just so many things happen all of a sudden. Yeah. I feel like I'm having a revelation on, on how little <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I, we don't, we don't have time for me to sit here dumbfounded <laughs> at how dumb this is. I, this is what I should have been doing when I was writing these notes, but it didn't even occur to me. I was just hey, kept reading. I'm All right. You. All right. Whatever. All right. So the the real banquet's tomorrow. This was a trap. Uh, and Visser 3 steps out. He's all laughing at them. And he turns off the hologram, revealing they are surrounded by an army of Hork-Bajir. Um, and David freaks out. He and, and he is just like, I'll join you, Visser 3. Please don't kill me. And uh, and there's a little bit of a scuffle. But he runs over there um, and, and betrays them. Uh, and Jake at this point realizes the hork are also a hologram because they haven't been reacting to any of the shit that's been going on with David here. Um, so he, he realizes this and he's like, oh, actually, we're good to attack. We're not in as much of a trap as we think. And David's like, aha, my plan worked. I'm right next to him now. And he attacks Fisher 3 first. So, <coughs> sorry, there's like a fight. There's a scuffle. Visser 3 realizes that... Uh, David is with them. He realizes there's too many of them, and he's all like, "Oh, human David, I'll uh, I'll free your parents and let you go if you betray the Animorphs." Um, but it's too late. The Secret Service are coming because they've heard shit going down here, and so they all retreat. The Animorphs and Visser Three retreat, and <laughs> yeah, then so, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just briefly do the fallout from this because on the way home, David is like, oh, you know, I wouldn't really betray you, right? And and Jake is privately telling all the other Animorphs, no one fucking say anything. Like, we can't let him know we know. So they're all like, oh, yeah, good job, David. You did good. <laughs> um, okay. This is where Visser 3's plan I also don't understand because it's a trap. Why? They go through so much trouble he lets this fake presentation play out for like 10 or 15 minutes or something. It seems like, yeah, I just imagine him in the back room giggling. Like <laughs> they don't know they're in there. They don't know. <laughs> they really think it's real. <laughs> like wh- why not just gas them or something? Like, what is he doing? Why, why even reveal it at all? Cause he's an egomaniac is the answer. Yeah. Like he's got to step up. And, and then it's just like, well, you better hope they don't decide to do like a suicide charge at you, right? You know, it's like we I've got a bunch of hork bajir here. They'll probably just surrender when they see how <laughs> outnumbered they are. Yeah, cuz though that's sure what they've been known for in the past is the Andalites yeah. just giving up. <laughs> Everybody knows how about the Andalite lack of pride. <laughs> <laughs> they've never torn through walls of hork bajir before. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, they're not in morph, that's part of it, but yeah, uh, it's, it's strange. He went through a lot of trouble for a thing that doesn't really make sense. Well, they are and, in battle morph here. Oh, that's right. Because Jake gets, yeah, figures it out. Right. I forgot. You're right. Yeah. Good thing Visser 3 didn't just like gas them or drop the hologram or put any kind of camera in there at all, or you would have seen a morphing human. <laughs> yeah, he sure would have figured that one out. 
Um, I also because he well he's like I want to take you alive because I everyone will get your uh, andalites and I'll be really successful and I'll be Visser one and whatever. I don't know that Visser three. It doesn't seem like he would want to let other Yurks get andalites. I feel like he wants would want that for himself. Yeah, that is does seem kind of a. At odds, like I, I get that it's like if I did that, maybe I because he does want to get to be Visser One, or or he says even on the Council of Thirteen, he wants that, and so he might. Yeah, but, but yeah, he absolutely also wants to be the only Andalite. 100%. You know who's you know who's getting one of these Andalites for sure? Visser One. Yeah, <laughs> and then she's gonna be just still Visser One. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. That's that seems like how that would go. Um. All right, and I like when Rachel calls David a pathetic, gutless weasel. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, this, like, this whole nested holograms thing. This <laughs> a lot. I, the more that I look at the, I'm just like, yeah, this book. I this book definitely confused the hell out of me as a kid. Like, I had to. I I'm sure I had to reread. I don't have specific memories, but I know that this confused me too. I was like, wait, so. So the hork bajir are a hologram, but they were inside the people who were a hologram who isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It it's seems like too everything convoluted. was a hologram. The only thing that's real here is Visser 3 and a podium. Yeah. Even the driver is a hologram. <laughs> oh, no. Then they did say there were some. Yeah, there of, were like, a, a handful. Yeah. Controllers. Well, then why not just. Right. Because they couldn't get hork bajir in like secretly. Yeah. But they why. could get a yerk pool in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and when Mr. Three is trying to convince David to turn, I love this line. He's he's like, just think of what you'll be losing out on. He says, you'll never go to one of your human entertainments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want to give up my human entertainments. I do love my human entertainments. Yeah. Because, speaking of which, you know, they mention here that um, – part of the fallout for this happening is that because Marco stayed out like super late to do this mission without permission, he loses TV for a week, which is cruel and unusual. Like Marco needs his TV of all people. Yeah. He needs to take TV from Marco. <laughs> I agree. Oh, we might. Oh, yeah. No, we did. We find out some... he referenced the show and and they were like, how does Axe know about that? Mm, well, we might in the next axe book we might see some axe and tv get yourself oh, excited for that i am excited that's going <laughs> on the note mm-hmm. let's end the book yeah let's oh actually i do need <sighs> viscer three morphs we have to say what his morph is it's I, dark and large and has more arms than it should and has lizard skin okay yeah i was honestly it happened so fast i yeah. was like I wasn't even clear if he morphed or into what. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's his morph here. They barely <laughs> describe it. <laughs> yeah, that that is the the full description. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
Okay. <laughs> she's like, let's she's, just, she's just like, I'm tired. I don't know what he fucking morphs into. Yeah. Use your imagination. <laughs> now, sadly, this is the really interesting part of the book where it gets like good and there's some meat to really sink into. <laughs> yeah. So well, we're going to rush through it. Let's just finish up. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that night they stake out the barn um, and around maybe 3 a.m. David goes eagle and he flies out again. And they're like, all right, yeah, this guy's a fucking traitor. Um, so Tobias goes after him and Axe and Jake morph to follow. Um, they lose them. So, you know, they're like trying to figure out where Axe or where Tobias and David flew off to. Jake goes to David's house thinking maybe he went back there. Um, and Axe is outside getting ready to morph because there's hork surveillance and they're probably going to have company. Um, so Jake flies into the room. He sees David as a golden eagle sitting there in his room watching TV. And the, he also sees uh, Tobias's mangled body. Uh, and David says that he has killed Tobias. So that's why they couldn't find him. Um, there's a confrontation. Uh, David attacks Jake too. They start fighting. Some hork break in. Axe shows up but uh, to rescue them, but they get separated from David. Um, so Jake, knowing that that David is has gone like full blown traitor, he th- th- there's this dead bird. He says he's killed Tobias. Um, he says, "Axe, go get Rachel. We need backup." And da- Jake goes after David himself. Um, he meets him on the roof of the mall. They go lion and tiger, and they have a fight. Like David, uh, sort of said earlier for foreshadowed and mm-hmm. um check off lion versus tiger <laughs> that's right check off lion versus tiger and uh as they're fighting david gets in a shot on jake's neck and he falls through a skylight and we close out the book on jake slipping into unconsciousness as he bleeds out all right so david's stuff is coming to a head here Yes, we learn, we finally get the reveal that David is a full-blown sociopath. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and that really, like, this is really where it comes, because it, like, even, I understand saying, like, listen, I have to get out of here, they're coming to stop me, I fought him, and I, like, legit, I had to fight and kill one of them. I could see writing a story where you put a reasonable character where David is, and he does this same sequence of actions. The problem is that he does end up just being like, eh, I killed him. It was just a bird. Like, fuck off. I don't care. And it's very clear that he has like a complete emotional disconnect from this, which is definitely a good choice because if you don't write it this way, then the Animorphs are 100% the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I like you it. Just- yeah, It'd just be like, like, please just let me go live my life. I don't want to kill you. Like, if you do it that way, then David is kind of the hero here. Yeah, it almost, I think a longer book, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely, I feel like so far, not having read the third one, I feel like all three of these books should have been like Chronicles length books. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this could have been like truly great mm-hmm. books, I think, if you just mm-hmm. gave them much more room to breathe. But yeah. Uh, and maybe in that, what they could have or should have done is almost, almost drive him to this more mm-hmm. as opposed to him just like, he's got to have a little bit of it in him to begin with, mm-hmm. but you know, you're like saying the, I have a little bit in me. Is that what you're, yeah, that is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> like he's got, he's got it like the being given this power. Mm-hmm. is what's bringing this out of him. Whereas maybe without the power, he's sort of, it's like when you give, 
you know, when a kid's getting bullied and then if then like they become the bully. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, like like I said, I think you um, I think the issue with doing it that way is like you the Animorphs are in a pretty dark place if that's what they're doing. Like if you just have the Animorphs come in and say like, you fight for us now, you're our soldier now. And and if you try to leave, we'll we'll fucking kill you. Like, they really, like, that's really dark for, even for them. Like, the series gets dark, but, like, that 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 would need to be, like, a conclusion to the series. Like, mm. some kind of, like, fallen. You can't put that at book 20 out of 50 and then just keep <laughs> going for 30 more books. Um, right. You know, like, at this point, you kind of have to have, you kind of have to say, but it's justified because David is himself really fucked up. I mean, look, you know what this is. Mm-hmm. You know what this is, basically. Mm-hmm. It's Anakin. <laughs> mm. He's Anakin, and, he, and and I mean that's how you do it. Not that those movies are good, but it, it's he's he's turned to the dark side. He's been corrupted by power. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they don't have a like. He needed a Padme. He he should yeah. have a thing that makes him snap, and he doesn't really have that. <laughs> he could use the Jar Jar too. Yeah, no, but, but, I, I do agree on that point. Like, what do you, what would you think about if, you know, if in, instead of doing like a trilogy around this David story, if David had just been here for like 10 books or something like that, or a dozen books and, and, and they'd slowly built it up and they'd actually written like a David book. I don't think I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that would have been better, I guess, because maybe David would be more fleshed out and interesting. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I really like uh, six Animorphs is a lot already. I don't know that I would be able to handle a seventh for a big stretch of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe like if he had been in the introduced as a side character earlier and then he somehow found the cube. If this was Melissa. Right. <laughs> or yeah. One of those people. Yes. Yeah. Then Juan I Terry. something like that could have been could have been good but i don't i don't i don't need this mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's just from but again it, it would have been written differently so you know hard yeah. to say but yeah. I, I think that's not a bad idea yeah i think that's that's reasonable um yeah the, the, this is and this is what you're saying about time to breathe i think one of the things you know, when you when when you look back on the David trilogy as an adult, it, it is kind of like they do a bunch of crazy stuff with the uh, with the the retreat and the Marriott. But like, really, the David stuff's the interesting part. They get David, they 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 meet him, they introduce him, they teach him the stuff, and then he betrays them. You know, the, like these last couple chapters here are far more memorable than the rest of the book um, in terms of like what's going to draw you fondly back to this series. Um, so like maybe, you know, maybe you can do it here if you just shorten the chaotic, insane Marriott scenes and then increase the time you spend on David, the character. And that's why I feel like, again, if this book was just twice as long, mm-hmm. you could make that. I mean, that stuff is really interesting. Like government infiltration is, is cool shit. Mm-hmm. It's just so much happening. Like I want it to be stretched out. I want I want the Tom Clancy <laughs> thing <laughs> going on with the David thing. I do want it. It just it's just too much to squeeze into this short of a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I feel that. 
Um, but I liked it a lot more in this book than the. It was felt a lot better than the first one. It did. Yes, it did. It like I said, it it's much more convoluted here. It's much harder to keep track of all the pieces. But it's also like once you do, it's all like things do happen at a rate and not just like <laughs> ten things happened in a single sentence kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, we, yeah, the, I mean, the, at the very end. Did we end this book thinking Tobias might be dead? Um, I mean, I don't remember. Sort if they of. Say it depends something. on. It depends on how gullible you are. Right. Well, that's what I'm. I'm just saying strictly from the reading of the book. From the reading of dead. the book, yeah, they think he's dead. Like okay. just straight up, they think he's dead at the end. Um, if which you listen, know. I was, I was like, <gasps> I gasped. I mean, not, I mean, even if he's not dead, just the fact that he just was like, yeah, I fucking murdered him. You know, like he yeah. just goes for it. Yeah. No, <laughs> there's three never did that shit. <laughs> there is a dead red tail hawk just sitting there, and uh, and Jake's like, "What have you done?" Dave's like, "Oh, I killed him." <laughs> what do you, do you think I did? Um, yeah, it's it's that whole encounter yeah. is very tense and and good. And then I mean, the lion versus tiger, it's badass. <laughs> it is badass. I, I think all the kids, who doesn't want to see the lion versus the tiger? And the fact that honestly, it holds more weight than most, if not all, of the Visser Three encounters. <laughs> yes, like a hundred percent. Hundred percent feels much more important. The stakes seem higher, and the fact that it's these two people know what's up. They don't. They're not in the mm-hmm. dark about anything. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's yeah, and none of them are just like I'll get you, you and a light bandit. Like both of them have yeah. very clear, clearly defined, like interesting, intertwined motivations. It's good. Yes. Uh, so I'm. And I so okay to kind of wrap up my thoughts mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that after this third book, I don't know, and we'll see. I don't know. You don't have to say mm-hmm. that. For, I don't know what's going to happen because I, I, I'm guessing David's not going to be around anymore. But I'm like, they're not going to kill him, right? But I don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I would, I would like. I don't know that I would have wanted more David before this, but I definitely want more David after this. Like I, I would. I hope he sticks around in some capacity just because the 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 concept of this kind of rivalry of like an ex anamorph or a vigilante anamorph kind of he's kind of like the venom to Spider-Man or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think that's such there's so much you can explore with that relationship. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping book three does it really well, or maybe he somehow, or, or he's like, I don't know. He's like the Hannibal Lecter. They got to keep him locked up. I don't know what you do. I don't know how you solve this problem, honestly, from a storytelling perspective or from the perspective of like, Kay Applegate writing a kid's book. <laughs> I don't know how they wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very excited for your reaction since I do know how they wrap all this up. Yeah. I do know what happens here. Um, yeah, no, exciting, and uh, and I will be looking back at your words here and uh, and assessing them <laughs> in the context of the future. We'll find <laughs> I, out. I have ideas here. Not um, much longer. Now I'm gonna highlight a line because it's important at the start of the next book, which is a Rachel book. Um, and I didn't mind doing this after your wrap up because this is this is gonna be our our the conclusion here. Uh, since it leads in. So, when when Jake tells Axe to go get Rachel for backup, he says, I think Tobias is dead. I think David killed him. 
And Axe says, that would be a most terrible thing. And Jake says, yeah, get Rachel. If David's killed Tobias, we may have to do a terrible thing too. Get Rachel. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, this is Rachel's job. (laughs) This is Rachel's job. So just keep that, because that line is, is thematically important and will be immediately referenced at the very beginning of the next book. Whatever you do, don't get Cassie. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Rachel is for the hardcore shit. Yeah, this, this shit's hype, man. It gets, the shit yeah. is hitting the fan. It yeah. is going off. The shit is going down. I, like, this would, I, I feel like, now, you know, more, more to your point, and, mm-hmm. and, and also to my point from earlier, two points, if mm-hmm. this were a an HBO series, I was going to say if this were a TV show, but I know it was one. If this were like a good TV show, like a real TV show, <laughs> like Could be da- the David arc would definitely have to be a season. This mm-hmm. isn't three episodes. Like if if you were doing this in a, in a modern television format, you have to have David for the whole season, I think, to really have this have an impact. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is the events of this book take place over, like, what, so this whole trilogy is, like, so well, far it's been 48 hours in two I books. I guess, yeah, I think you <laughs> would one do of the what, issues. what you said. I think you would write him into mm-hmm. the show for okay. uh, for earlier missions. Yeah. I think, okay. I, think that was, I think that was spot on, which some, for some reason I think I would like better on a show than having to read him in these books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't feel like getting into his perspective. I don't care. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Listen, just remember, listeners, if it weren't for you, this would have been over 10 minutes ago. But we do have to do pop culture quickly. Uh, Of course, this all takes place at the Marriott Resort. Now, probably not a direct reference, but Marco does say insane in the membrane. (laughs) It did make me think of that song. It probably is. Maybe is. I don't know know if that's just a phrase. They did steal a T-shirt that has a Grateful Dead logo on it for Mm -hmm. David. I think K-Op gets a bit of a deadhead. Uh, probably, yeah. She's she of mentioned that age. There was a deadhead at the concert they went to that had mm. seemingly every type of concert at it. <laughs> um, Marco says, can Michael Jordan hit a three-pointer? They have security at the Marriott that looks like it would make Fort Knox look like a Walmart during a clearance sale. Marco sings, off we go into the wild blue yonder, flying high into the sun. Can I interject on this one? I used to get that song stuck in my head as a kid because of this part. Because I like I was like, I don't know what I don't know the the fucking Air Force song, so I had to like look up how to sing it and then I would it like for years it would occasionally pop into my head just like that's well, the song Marco sings. You know, you would get along with my dad because <laughs> my dad is like old and mm. he stopped listening to music in like the sixties. <laughs> And there's like three songs that for my entire life, he would just like, he would start to whistle or hum. And this is one of them. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And Marco, by the way, says this is some, from some old movie on the movie channel about air force pilots and movie channel is capitalized (laughs) the movie channel. Yeah. This isn't like whatever it was like Turner classic movies or whatever the fuck. This is the movie channel. (laughs) Damn right. When they're seagulls, they go, Hey, Whoa, pizza hut. They get there, and as you said, they say it looks like Men in Black around here. Timely reference, because Men in Black was just a year before this book. Now, actually, should point out, he says it looks like Men in Black 2. Wait, what? No, he, he doesn't. He does. <laughs> he says Men in Black 2. He does? Yeah. 
No, well, he absolutely like, does. Two didn't was not out, so he was making a joke then. Like, wasn't oh, it? I thought two was out like literally at the time this book came out. I'm I'm almost positive the first Men in Black came out in '97. I don't think we got Men in Black two till like post 9/11, <laughs> which is as you know sure? how I how I measure things. Of course, I'm not sure, but now I will look it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it in my copy right now. It says Men in how- Black two. Could I be more right? Came out in two thousand two. Hmm. Well, then I guess he. Uh, I it's guess the he's just like this two? is the sequel. It's the number two. It's yeah, not this the is numeral. Like, this is like if they were on a sinking boat and he was like, "Whoa, it's Titanic two in here." I yeah. think. I just assumed it had come out already, but I guess not. No, man. No, Men in Black is like hot right now. Like that is. I guess that's true. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, well, he says Men in Black too. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, I didn't. Think that is weird. <laughs> okay. Which, and by the way, also made me think like Men in Black is pretty similar in some ways to this. It's like kind of the same. I mean, the concept of Men in Black had been around forever, but mm-hmm. anyway, there's 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 similar vibes. We'll review that on our Patreon. Aliens, for example. Right. The fact <laughs> there's aliens. <laughs> Um, this is not the first time we mentioned Men in Black in this podcast. Uh, someone says, oh, the, 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 the evil rays feels like a full body dentist visit without Novocaine. Again, Novocaine. Yeah. I heard Letterman got canceled. Is that true? No more Dave? Of course mm-hmm. Letterman wasn't canceled. That, that was just their little secret signal on the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they also are Dave heads. Marco's converted them. They're flying around. They see Taco Bell, Mickey D's, and a Holiday Inn. They say maybe uh, he had a craving for a Big Mac. Mm, could go for a Big Mac. <laughs> um, the the rest of us more flees and climb on board like we're flying Delta. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Cassie's towering above me like the World Trade Center. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I hope she doesn't fall on him. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this part confused me. Uh they again, they're bugs right now, and he, he says like he was a he was a Piper Cub, which is like a kind of plane, and I was an F. He says like I'm an F something. I don't F sixteen F sixteen. Yeah, I don't know what a, I didn't. I had to look that up. I don't know what a Piper Cub is. I had to look it up too. But Jake, see, this is what I'm saying. Jake's a military history guy now. I guess he knows he what is. a Piper Cub is. <laughs> I guess <laughs> he goes to the library and reads about that shit. Uh, we're the ones sitting here while you go zipping around playing Top Gun, mm-hmm. says Marco. They Little did they know that would come back again years later. <laughs> Cassie directly references a thing and says, did anyone ever read the Miss Spider books? Miss Spider's Tea Party, Miss Spider's New Car. This could be Miss Spider Goes Flying. <laughs> Cassie's kind of a nerd. Did you ever read the Miss Spider books? I didn't. I don't know if I read them, but I definitely remember the cover art. Like, I, vi- I yes. vividly remember those books existing. Oh, yeah. I remember that cover art. It was pr- it was pretty good. Pretty memorable style. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Kay Applegate was maybe friends with the author or something. Yeah, could be. That seems like. Maybe, the, maybe Miles or Coleman wrote it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, you should look up Miss Spider. Yeah, I'm not um, Okay, me either. And it ended up being like a Three Stooges movie, they say, which is what I said about the last book. So at least we're getting self-aware. This, okay, this one was weird. 
I think mm-hmm. supposed, this is one of the um, like Secret Service guys is talking this to is a the reporter. bellhop. I know who you're talking to. Oh, no, this bellhop. is like the bellhop guy was talking to some, I guess, a reporter who was coming, like, yeah, coming into the resort. Yeah, I was confused. I thought maybe it was Marco at first, but it's a <laughs> bellman. Says, you know who else is hot? Bobby Batista. She's CNN. So I, I mean, I Googled this because I was like, is this a real There's person? There's a whole I- series of these you skipped. There is? He has a whole conversation. About with pop yeah, culture references? Yeah, he, no, he's like, so you work for CBS News, huh? Yep. You know Cokie Roberts? I guess that's how you pronounce it. She's at ABC. Oh, yeah. So do you know her? Nope, but I know Dan Rather. Uh-huh. Uh, but that, that uh, Cokie, though, she's hot. I mean, for a news person and all, she's hot. And then uh, later on, he says, you know who else is hot? Bobby Batista. You know her? And she's CNN. I swear, I I don't like know a if I, I either blacked out or I swear <laughs> that's not in my version of the book. That's a whole shtick. I'm going to blame the transcribers of my ebook because I swear to you, I did not read any of that. <laughs> it's really good. If it's in there, then I I don't know what happened. I fell asleep or had a stroke. You're just like, going to sit around and, and try to talk at this news person about all the, the newscasters he wants to bang who don't even work at his company. Yeah, I mean, I love this. I really am upset that I didn't read that or I forgot it. Yeah, that's too bad. But I did look up Bobby Batista. She's not that hot. Uh, they mentioned the Marine. Yeah, same. I looked both of them up. I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe for a news person. Right, right. You know, Slim Pickens back in the 90s. They didn't have a lot on TV that back then. Uh, they mentioned the Marine One. I'm still counting it as a reference. Uh, they say the place was lit up like a Monday night football game. It is capitalized, so mm-hmm. Monday night football. This part I thought was strange. Jake sees a brown UPS truck and says, I'd never seen a UPS truck parked on the street before. You haven't? Well, just like all night, maybe? I guess. I mean, you're right. Like, they're parked on the street all the time. But (laughs) it's very weird. And then finally, of course, this big lion tiger fight is on the roof of the mall, which makes it even cooler. Mm-hmm. And he sees the Walden books and the baby gap beside it. Walden. That's where I would have bought this book. It was at Walden. Wow. And don't they go, they go crashing the through the skylight at the end? They do, yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. But that's that that that's my mall. That's I went to the mall to Walden Books to buy this, and they saw Walden Books in the mall too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sure that excited nine-year-old me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was more about that part with the bare legs. <laughs> not we're not talking about Rachel here. We're not we talking, are not about, talking Rachel's about Rachel's new fashion. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, Jake might be, but that's his problem. Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. If you want to make our show even longer, you can send us an email just like Spam Viking and Nick by Hell emailing yeah. us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com. I don't care if it's about a recent book we discussed or the first book. Any question or comment you have, you want to hear us discuss Animorphs-wise, write it in. And... You can uh, find me at my website, jonathanestes.com, where I have other podcasts and cool stuff that you might like, including um, I just wrote some newsletters about some Batman board games. (laughs) Sounds really cool. And hold on, tease. 
I'm working on – it might be out by the time on my mm-hmm. YouTube channel. I'm working on a little something about the Insidious franchise. Whoa. That's a tease for me. So if you like uh, listening to me talk about dumb shit, check it out. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. To <laughs> what? No, you're like, I'm not fucking anywhere. Don't find me. Well, soon you'll be on Blue Sky. I'm going to set that up for okay. you. Okay. Okay. Soon I will be on Blue Sky, and you'll be able to find me there under some – some iteration of dog times mcgee or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah uh but thanks for listening tune in next time when we'll be talking about book 22 the solution in which rachel turns into a rat on the yerpy boys (laughs) 